there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Top marks for Celtic last night 4 0 in the game at Easter Road. Rangers 3 0 against Motherwell. So it's as you were as the countdown is on for the Derby on Monday Rangers against Celtic and with us tonight two people who know all about this derby the former Celtic striker Andy Walker and the former Rangers star and many other clubs as well in fact we don't have enough time to say Andy's clubs but you as well <laughs> Richard Foster Richard welcome back great to see you and hear you here in Go Radio thank you I'm glad to be here yeah, we, and you're not in Detroit it's good news that you're back here in Scotland we'll ask you about that what a night last night though it wasn't just the big two what about the other games as well Dundee United started at the bottom but they had a 3-0 win against Ross County Kilmarnock first time in 11 years beating Aberdeen at home one of your old clubs of course the Dons and the Dons fans not happy at all it's not been a good December for them Livy and St Mirren 1-1 what about VAR and the ordering off of Pittman we'll speak about that and Hearts winning at St Johnson Five goal thriller, three two to the Hertz. Andy, the toughest tie of the night looked as though it could be for Celtic at Easter Road. Saw you in Sky last night, Celtic motoring. I thought they were one of their best performances of the season, and, and you're right, it's been a difficult ground for them. They'd only won once there in the last five years, a good number of draws. Uh, and Hibs, I think, have shown at times that they can they can attack, they can get men forward, but uh, they can't defend, they can't they, they can't keep a clean sheet and to be fair to Celtic, they would have taken care of most teams last night. They had so many players uh, on it. Argument for goal of the season, uh, Maeda, Dyson Maeda strike. Richard, I saw you on a sports scene last night. That was a terrific run off the ball by Greg Taylor. And what a strike from the yeah, Japanese Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a great goal. Um, I think, you know, one thing that's been labelled at Maeda is maybe that he doesn't score enough. And in, in fact, in that <laughs> game, he'd, he'd missed an easier chance with yeah. his head. Um, minutes previous but you know I think you're right Andy I mean the Hibs defending for the goal is is questionable but um, take nothing away from it good driving run cuts inside and, and unleashes an unstoppable uh, unstoppable effort and you know he just looks like he's you know hit the ground running coming back from the World Cup and um, I think the the reason that Celtic tend to be on it more often than not is they've got such depth in their squad that they all know that if they don't perform someone will come in and take their place Manager Michael Beale unbeaten Ange Postacoglu is that 12 games 13 games 12 on the bounce 12 on yeah. the bounce so something's going to give on Monday Richard the Rangers game as well so you watch them all in the studio I take it you've got the six games coming in yeah you try and, you kind yeah. of try and cover them all and the, the, the commentary the radio commentary is slightly ahead so they can give uh-huh. you a heads up to, to which game to watch Michael um, Beale said he was happy in some parts in the performance last night but still a long way to go let's hear about the news about Murray because he scored Barisic was the big news we were on air when the news came in that uh, Barisic was back and playing and his assists were special uh, helping Morellas to that first goal here is the manager speaking about Morellas who went off knowing Alfredo very likely he's, uh, he says it's a bit of tightness he has been playing with one or two aches and pains but he's the only number nine we've got currently fit 
in terms of the the last few games, so he's had to play through it. He hasn't played a lot of the season, so he's, he's been he's been physically very demanding for him. But Antonio and Kamara back in training. We chose not to use them tonight. We felt a few more days in their legs in terms of training would help them. So they are both available for the next game. Richard Foster, what did you make of him last night? Morelos. Yeah, he he seems like he's he's. He's slowly getting himself back to where to where we all, we've all seen him before. I think he, he takes up good positions in the box. He's a constant threat, um, a constant nuisance to defenders. Um, and I think he's he's you know he's not quite at the level yet that we've seen before, but I think he's getting there, and I think he has improved certainly on the performances you know from 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 weeks back. And he, he's back scoring, and that's you know that's what Rangers need. And he would want to play, wouldn't he, Andy, in uh, yeah. the game against Celtic? This is the one you want to play. Yeah. I I don't know what his thoughts are. Whether he's going to stay at Rangers, whether he fancies a move elsewhere. We all know. His contract expires at the end of the season. No idea what sort of relationship he'll have with Michael Beale, whether he can get him back on side. But uh, I would still say I've seen him fitter, I've seen him sharper, I've seen him leaner. Um, and uh, I think if he was to get back to that level, then the uh, Rangers have got a special player on their hands. Can he get back to that level at Rangers? Yeah, I think he can. I think it's just games. You know, he, he's kind of he never played a lot of games. Is that kind of real bad injury? Um, and then obviously came back in Cholak started the season very well scored a lot of goals and then he's got his chance since he's been injured and it's tough to come in when you've you know you've played 30 minutes here and there um, so I think the the games will help him the goals will certainly help him but even you know you see when the he, he tends to come alive in the box you know he makes it he drifts off the back of the defender last night it's a fantastic cross from Barisic but he's just he knows where to be when the ball comes in the box and, and that is you know, a skill in itself and I think Rangers do miss him when he doesn't play. If you want to speak to Richard Foster, Paul Cooney, Andy Walker, you know the number, 0808 17 17 700. And we're on the socials at Go Football Show. We hear from Ange Postacoglu now. Richard, did I see you with a, a natty uh, Christmas jersey, the other jumper the other day on the telly? Yeah, what yeah, happened was... to Michael Stewart? Hell, he just he just <laughs> didn't get it, didn't get the memo. Um, yeah, we were asked if we would wear Christmas jumpers and um, I, I had one on that was... Yeah. Um, it wasn't allowed. So, uh, you know, I've I've just actually well, you've watched Die Hard. Uh yeah, uh uh-huh. uh yeah, yep. Yeah. Of course it wasn't for the Yeah. The, I mean I knew yeah. uh, going in there yeah. it was it was for it's a bit much. And yeah. Then I, um, steady, steady. I had my yeah. favourite my favourite Grinch jumper on. So. Andy's got his on today, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen some brilliant Christmas jumpers. I saw my uh, nephew with one and it was actually a, a messy one. Uh huh. So it's a messy Christmas. Yeah. And it's not a reindeer on the back, it's a goat. Ah, of course. So, yep. uh, messy Christmas all over it. It's very good. Can we still talk about the goat after the World Cup final? Just well, it's less than two weeks ago, isn't it? Amazing. Lots to pack in in the next two hours. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. The games keep coming and we're just a few... Is it four sleeps to go? Thursday, Friday, Saturday? It's four <laughs> sleeps to go yeah. for Rangers against Celtic. Not that we're excited here on the Go Radio Football Show. Celtic. They were in terrific form last night. Hips started quite well, actually, for the first 10, 15 minutes. But uh, here's the manager, Ange Postacoglu, obviously pleased with Celtic's 4-0 win. Yeah, no, brilliant. Uh, credit to the lads. Yeah, we knew that um, Hibs would have something about them today, and especially at the start. They'd come at us, and to, to their credit, they did. And you know, their crowd was up for it. So, you know, just, just brilliant to see that, you know, in those circumstances, we just uh, stay strong and play our football. And um, as I said before, it's not an easy place to come to irrespective of the opposition's sort of form, but they were in good form. And uh, for us to win so convincingly is, uh, as I said, credit to the boys. Andy, where will we start? Aaron Moy, his first goal and second goal for Celtic. The World Cup hasn't done him any harm. I, I think when you see, just uh, Richard mentioned it earlier, about the uh, the options that uh, Ange Postecoglou has, 
He's got so many goals from the middle of the park and Aaron Moy has just added to that. Normally just a really clever playmaker, keeps the ball, keeps it all neat and tidy, but the goal from inside the box and then the way he took the penalty, uh, Celtic haven't had a lot of penalties this season, that was only their second one. But uh, I think he showed that if he's given the opportunity to play at Ibrooks, then uh, I think he would take it. And I think the, the team selection will be interesting because mm. I imagine Juranovic will come back. You think he will play? I think Juranovic would play. Um, if Taylor's fit, I think he'll play. But again, you wouldn't, uh, you know, you wouldn't be um, surprised to see Bernabe get uh, a run if he's if he's struggling. I think it'll be Carter Vickers and Starfield. Mm. And then if you're moving Hatati into midfield, who who drops out? The the options for Celtic are are, are so many, and I don't think by putting one in, taking one out, I don't think it weakens the team. Every one of them have got something different to offer. Richard, if you get your pen and paper, let's get your teams. What do you think? Sorry, you were going to say. No, I'm just saying that you... I think that's the that's the biggest factor with with Celtic squad. It doesn't matter who comes in. It doesn't weaken the team, and and they offer they maybe offer a different skill set than the the guy that they replace. But at no point do you go well if O'Reilly plays instead of Hatati, the team's weaker. I think McGregor has to play. I think he is he is the best midfielder in Scotland. Um, he controls games, um, and I think he 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 will definitely play. But then it's it's who plays alongside him, and and you know who plays in the wide areas. I think Jota, if he's fit, plays. Um, you know, Abad has been in and out, but he's, every time he comes in, he scores. He's in fantastic great record form. against Rangers as well. Great record against Rangers. So I think it's 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 a great problem for for Ange to have. Um, but it just shows you the strength and depth. I think the other night they um, they they took on and it was. Abada, Jota, Jakimakis and Haksibanovic. That was our four subs that came onto the pitch. Yeah. And you're looking at that thinking, you know, what, what chance have the rest of the team's got? Yeah. Such strength and depth, Andy, isn't it? Strength and depth and they've yep. already done their business for, well, they've already done a yep. little bit of business for the January window and I don't think they will stop there. I think uh, they, they might brace themselves for a, you know, an offer for one or two of their players. You always talk about Juranovic, possibly yep. uh, O'Reilly. But it, it, it wouldn't really matter. Celtic would just go out, I think. They would have a list of players. Ange Postecoglou has tapped into a market that maybe we didn't know a lot, an awful lot about. And, and I think even speaking from my own experience, I probably underestimated the, the talent that you can get from Australia, from Japan, and how they can come over here and fit in so well. So... Um, the market is there and it's one that he knows uh, a great deal about. Richard, the world's such a small place now, isn't it? It's amazing it's taken so long to exploit the Asian market. And it, it took a man called Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, and it is. And it's, you know, it's it's probably ignorance in, in all our parts here. Yeah. You know, you kind of, your tunnel vision and you look at certain countries all the time. But yeah, I mean, and he must, you know, as well as finding the talented players and bringing them across, he must create such a welcoming environment at Celtic because it's a huge culture shock coming from that far away. But the the guys come in and they just hit the ground running, and you know they kind of it's almost like they they themselves are trying to outdo each other and who's going to be the best or the most prolific, and it just it just drives Celtic on. But Ange Postecoglou clearly has a great eye for for talented players, um, and like I say, obviously kind of welcomes them in and creates an environment at Celtic that they come in and feel at home and and can really flourish which you know pr pretty much all the signings have done I would think 
Somebody who did last night. I mean, sometimes he's in, sometimes he's out. The fans would prefer maybe Jot in or whatever. But it was Maeda last night. And as Richard said, he had two misses, didn't he? One was a really low header that he might have um, shot. And then the header that came yeah, off right. the bar. But then he made amends with a terrific goal. Here's the manager speaking about the Japanese star. Brilliant. But he does it every week. I know, you know, sometimes, you know, people don't see the work that he does for us and offers us in terms of just his energy and, and his ability to, to cause opposition problems. He, you know, he... You know, he's been a bit unlucky, I think, on certain occasions with the end product. As you said, you know, he probably should have scored the header, but, you know, his contribution for the first goal, his, his willingness to, to run at the opposition and, uh, yeah, what a cracking goal. Um, yeah, be close to goal of the season, that one. Andy, one of your goals of the season, maybe? Maeda? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's right up there. It was... Um... I don't think you can underestimate what you said earlier about uh, Greg Taylor uh, going in the overlap because Celtic like to play that little uh, softball into a, an overlapping fullback. But uh, Maida saw the gap, he took it, struck it so well, took a lovely little bobble just uh, as he was striking it. And uh, he can produce things, but as we've already said, it could be a badder, it could be Jota. Uh, there's a number of options there, and, and it'll be interesting to see the starting 11 uh, come, uh, come Ibrox. Michael Beale or Mick Beale. Is he Mick or Michael to you, Richard? What do you say? He's the Rangers manager. Did you say Mr. Beale? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably yeah. Michael Beale. I don't know, uh, yeah. I don't know what, what he wants to be known as, but yeah, Michael Beale to me. I just see he's saying he's going to go hell for leather for the game with Celtic. Here he is speaking about the big game. Every time we play this game and this opponent, we have to. For our fans, it's everything we stand for. So that never changes. No matter where we are in the league, no matter what's going on, those games are a must-win because they're a derby. and uh, So nothing changes in terms of that. I'm looking forward to it. We'll certainly have to perform better than we did this evening. Better than they did this evening. What did you think of that performance overall then? The best part was the clean sheet and, and the three points. I didn't enjoy the game all the way through. It was uh, quite a broken-up game at times. I thought Motherwell first half played well. They got a number of corners and set plays and they looked dangerous. It looked like we were almost waiting for them to score to get a jolt in the game ourselves. Borna Barisic back in the team tonight, fantastic cross. I thought he played very well, actually, and it was a good first goal and sort of calmed our nerves. But we need to show more rhythm in our performance than we did this evening, I think. Richard Alec Lowry, that was the big news early on. And Barisic back, what about him, first of all? How did he do for you? Barisic done well. You know, it's it's a it's a fantastic cross. Um, you know, Morelos' movements is, is good, but he really can't miss with that header for, because of the quality on the cross. And obviously, he gets a second assist from the corner. Again, that's more of a generic ball into the box, and I think Goldson does really well. But no, he's you know you feel for young Adam Devine because he's done so well when he's came in. But I think with young players, they do need to be spelled in and out so they don't kind of burn themselves out. But obviously, when you come in, you've got a natural left footer there. It shows you the quality because he sets up the two goals. That'll be their back four, I think, and the goalkeeper uh, against Celtic. It's it's all the experience that you want. Uh, and I think with Goldson coming back, they've got someone who's pretty dominant in the air, which you need because, you know, Carter Vickers, uh, Starfield are, are pretty strong in the air. But you'd imagine the fullbacks, Tavernier and Barisic. And then it'll be interesting to see from middle to front what Michael Beale does because I think Lundstrom will play. I think Ryan Jack will play. Uh, we're assuming Alfredo Morelos is fit. Obviously, Sounds like it, doesn't Obviously, it? Kent will play. I would imagine he might want a bit of pace in the team. Would that be uh, Sakala or would he try and use uh, Scott Arfield? Um, uh, again, always interested in the starting 11. How can you leave out Scott Arfield? Discuss. <laughs> it's, it's one of those where, you know, sometimes he starts the game and he obviously scored the two against Aberdeen started the next game and didn't really have that yeah. big an impact. But when he comes off the bench, he's always... Impactful, but you don't you know, you don't want to be known for that. Obviously, you want to start games, but he just he's one of 
Rangers players and and they do it much better under Michael Beale than they did before. He's willing to run beyond. You know, and if you look at Celtic, they've constantly got runners in behind. And as a defence, it's it's a nightmare because you don't know whether to drop, whether to try and play offside, and it and it just causes confusion. And that's what Scott Arfield does. His timing of the runs is excellent. You know, obviously he's clinical finisher when he gets into those areas most of the time and it's, but it's just that willingness to stretch the game it causes problems for other defenders uh, Barry in that seat last night Richard at this time was saying I think Adam Devine will play he's done so well get out of position and if he played last night he would play against Celtic now that's not what happened as a fullback yourself what do you make of Adam Devine and how good he can be Oh, he can, you know, at the moment you're looking at, he can go and be whatever he wants to be. You know, you look at Nathan Patterson and, and where he's gone, uh, Calvin Ramsey, young fullback going down to England. And I just think he's, you know, he he has no fear. He just, he plays the game with a freedom. Um, and that's, you know, that's tough. <laughs> Rangers at Ibrox, you know, it's it, they can be quite a hostile crowd. Um, but he's he's just kind of taking the bull by the horns. He's, he's willing to run forward. He's comfortable using both feet. Uh, defensively his positioning is good and I think he's a real you know he could be a real top player for Rangers it's always going to be hard from when you've got someone like Barisic because if Barisic is in top form then Barisic plays but it's good for Rangers to have that option if there's injury to Barisic or he lost a form they know they've got a, a, a replacement who can come in and, and do you know do a good job Rangers fans what's your team would you agree with Andy that the back four picks itself I'll ask Richard if he does agree I think he probably do 0808 17 17 700 still very much holiday time isn't it the traffic coming in um, you know it was pretty quiet, quiet wasn't it great. yeah great. Great I, actually, I don't yeah. even know what day it is no I haven't I just, a clue actually I just go with the four sleeps <laughs> it's Thursday isn't it, it is you Thursday. do um, wonder and Richard we want to ask how things are going for you this is your first full season isn't it out of playing football you're still looking good still keeping fit um, uh, yeah. I'm trying to keep fit. I've, I've kind of slackened off the last last week or so. Um, yeah, but yeah, I've just I went. I played a little bit when I was over in Detroit. Um, done a little bit of coaching, but that kind of that opportunity wasn't um, wasn't for me. So I'm back home now and and probably looking to get into coaching and uh, and hang up hang up the boots. To be honest, because my body's just too sore. But what age are you now, Richard? I'm 37. 37, 37 so yeah I mean you never say never and if an yeah. opportunity came along to play till the end of the season then I would need to seriously consider it but um, yeah I think I'm, I'm wanting to try and get get into coaching and um, and, and, and try and kind of go down that route for a where, career where are you with your badges so I've got my A licence um, and I'm looking probably to, to maybe do the pro licence in the summer um, but I, I think what I'm what I'm needing is actual kind of time on the coaching field you know I need to get on the pitch and, and take training sessions and um, that's that, that's probably where you know my experience as a player um, and I've got the badges but I need to actually get out there and start coaching and, and hopefully I can find the right opportunity to do that Would you train with one of the clubs just now then your old club Thistle for example Yeah I, I mean yeah. I've got a really good relationship with the manager Ian McCall and I'm sure if I, if I uh, text him and, and asked if I could go and train he, he, he was always very welcoming when I went back um, before you can I went go to on Detroit. the board there's a few vacancies Indeed. there yeah. <laughs> well of course I should have said at the start you're both Partick Thistle legends <laughs> I might be pushing it with legends with that one but you're both uh, Partick Thistle stars of the past in Richard's case very recent past you, you enjoy your time how long were you at ah, I was Hill? only there a month but <laughs> it, it was the beginning of the end and the, that yeah. horrible feeling when the manager actually tells you and you can't get about the pitch you'll need <laughs> take me off at half time and uh, and uh, he was right I wasn't able to get around the pitch but at the time you don't want to hear it no what age were you? and I was 35 so uh, and I yep. knew I was struggling uh, I had a, a serious knee injury about 29 and I was happy to get another six years pretty much 
uh, full time, but I knew I, I knew my time was up then. Harder for a striker as well, isn't it? I would imagine. Yeah. Well, stay Richard plays sharp. in the easiest position on Oof, the pitch. Go on, uh, Richard. Full, take, hey. full back. They just kick it up the park, and we are meant to chase it and make it a good ball. Well, yeah, yeah. I can't disagree. It's not. Um, I don't have to to be creative and score goals. Um, and I just my attribute has always been being quick and running up and down and being fit and. You know, I managed to forge a career doing just that. Sometimes there's there's sprinklings of quality. Um, every now and then I'll put in a decent cross, but other than that, I just run up and down and try and tackle people. And also, yep. fullbacks get applauded when yep. they kick the ball out the park. If I did that, uh, I get booed. <laughs> Not if you were tackling a Rangers player, yeah. you'd have been fine. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're looking forward to the game uh, coming up on Monday. We'll be on live here. Andy, I know you'll be on the telly there uh, on Sky. Yes, I'll uh, be alongside our good friend Alistair McCoy. So oh, indeed. that'll be good to indeed. see him after he's uh, after his World Cup. I was great in the, he's great in the telly, wasn't he? He was good. Yeah. He's just he yeah. just loves he, I mean he loves sport in general, but he's just he's so good with, yeah. with the football he, he kinda Engages with everything he, he he finds out about different countries and players, and yeah, I think he he's does. just yeah. he's got a real kind of you you're always waiting for him to make a joke, but yeah. he's still he's very knowledgeable about the, about the game as well, and it's um yeah I think he was one of the favourites, but to be fair, we didn't have much competition, did we? Because all our coverage up here was <laughs> yeah. um, not yeah. Scottish. No, indeed. Um, We'll be Scottish on Monday. We've got Barry Ferguson and John Hartson with us. So we'll be watching the screen like everyone else, but tune in to go radio football show as well for I mean I can't I've got Andy here and I know Ian Crocker. I worked with Ian, his first commentary job Crocs, as well down in Birmingham. Crocs Love him. It. He's brilliant. So. Well he's moved up here, so he's been up here the last yeah. number of years. He, he he loves a bit of Scotland. He doesn't and who doesn't? Oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred, your chance to speak to Andy Walker and Richard Foster ahead ahead of the big game. Or talk about last night as well. But business as usual at the top, still nine points in it. Uh, we heard from Michael Beale, his assessment and him looking forward to the Celtic game. Here is Ange Postacoglu, funnily enough, looking forward to the Rangers game. No, no, the headache is if you've got no options, um, you know, in, in, in sort of management. And it never works out that way. You always think there's there's so many options. But, you know, as I said before today, we had, you know, obviously Haksabanovic, <clears throat> Jota, Tony Ralston, um, Dave Turnbull, all out for different reasons. And, you know, you still have to juggle things. So, yeah, it'll be pleasing. I mean, Alistair Johnson is available. Kobayashi is available, which is great. Drew is back in the building. So, yeah, um, yeah, we're looking good. That's right, Kobayashi in the building. He's available. And Alistair Johnson, would he throw him in into an old firm game, his first match? Uh, Alistair Johnson? Yeah. Uh, I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. I think Juranovic. I, I was a wee bit surprised he didn't get maybe 15, 20 mm. minutes last night, but obviously a few training sessions. And uh, I don't think uh, he would let anyone down if he plays from the start. Juranovic, I'm, I'm talking about. Of course. Richard? Yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, what a baptism of fire that would yeah. be you know here's your first game for Celtic yeah. uh, going to the yeah. old firm game away from home so no I think here's Ryan Kent <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. you know Juranovic was, was excellent in the World Cup I think the Brazil game was probably the standout and you know he'll be coming back quite you know kind of a few days rest and that a week rest or something and then then back in the team I would imagine because for me he's the strongest right back at Celtic I think if they can keep him and with the other fullbacks now, well, he probably they'll have, gonna him, go, they'll have him on Monday. So for sure, exactly. <laughs> well, he's he's yeah. now produced a goal-scoring fullback in Rio Hatati. Indeed, yeah. So, what would you I, do with Hatati? Would he? Yeah, okay, Hatati is much more effective. I'm sure Richard would agree. In, yeah. the, in the middle of the park, he does a job there. But uh, I mean, you could see Yuan, who I thought played well last night and got a good bit of skill about him, quick feet. 
he got he, he got past them a couple of times, but nothing came of it. Yeah. But Hatati much better in the middle of the park. I hate it when you know guys like Hatati just drop in the right back and score goals and make it look <laughs> <Yes>. easy. <laughs> I've, 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 I've never scored a double in my entire career. Yeah. How many goals did you score? <laughs> Ten. Ten goals. So it was yeah. one every yeah. sixty-five games or so. So not a bad ratio. That's <laughs> Richard Foster joining Andy Walker, Paul Cooney on the Go Radio Football Show. We're looking back at last night and looking forward to Monday. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Go Radio Football Show. It's Thursday the 29th, just a few days left in 2022. We'll be asking Andy Walker and Richard Foster some highlights of 2022. Hard to believe, Andy, isn't it? Another year has just about come and gone. Another year has gone by and it's yep. uh, it's been good. It's been a really good one. Well, if you're looking at it from a Celtic point of view, it's astonishing the level of success they've had. When you think they were behind Rangers at this stage last season and then Celtic I did their business early, uh, those players coming in had a big impact and they managed to overhaul Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and his, his Rangers team. It was a It was a memorable title win. And it was the start of the Ange Postacoglu era. As I yeah. see, Andy, you're still doing your teams for Rangers and I've Celtic just about for Monday. Done it. Just about done. I'll let you continue for a moment or two. Richard will get yours shortly. This year, 2022, your old clubs. I'm going to ask you about Aberdeen shortly as well. But for Rangers, um, winning the Scottish Cup and getting all the way to Seville. Yeah, I mean, the, the European run was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to 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 do a lot of the, the commentary and. Or, <laughs> not yeah. not commentary commentary yeah. um, and, and go to Seville and, and commentate on the game and it was just it was so disappointing in the end the way you know it, to take it all the way to penalties and, and they miss out on the one penalty but a fantastic run to beat some you know Leipzig Borussia Dortmund mm-hmm. away it was you know they, they played it's probably some of the best performances I've seen from a Rangers team um, but then you know they kind of they just stumbled at the final hurdle and it was you know walking out of the stadium after the match and the fans were, were kind of Bereft, you know, it was it was sad to see, but you know, I suppose that they've got to be thankful that they got there and they had those experiences, and they just couldn't get over the line in the end. A bit like Celtic fans in Seville, in that same city, fifteen years before, they'll remember it fondly. But they thought they should have won, and probably Rangers as well. Just that penalty kick away, they were so close to winning a European trophy, which would have been—I mean, they haven't done it for what fifty years. Yeah, I think when you, you know, when you get to the final and the teams that they'd beat on the way to the yeah. final you, yep. you kind of actually start to think they're going to do this you know the, the team that they're playing is not as good as the, the Dortmunds and stuff but you know and, and to lose if you go there and you get beat 3 or 4 now, you just hands up and go they were a better side to beat us but to actually match them for, for 120 minutes and then just the penalties and it's it's one penalty from a guy who you would expect to step up and, and score um, It's it was you know heartbreaking for the players and for the fans but I think now that probably the dust has settled the people that were over there and went to the game I'm sure they look back at like you say with fond memories because it was a fantastic run to get there What do you think went wrong then for Rangers and for GVB afterwards? They won the cup a few days later and that was tougher than maybe people thought you know to mm. play Hearts after that exhausting 120 minutes plus extra time sorry extra time and then penalties What do you think happened this season then under GVB? I, I just think that the the way he he wanted Rangers to play suits playing in Europe you know, it's it's kind of the slower build up um, to try and hit teams on the counter attack. Especially you look at how good Kent and Morelos were against Dortmund and Leipzig, and, and you know, and that's what Kent's good at: space to run into with the ball at his feet going. And whereas I think then they, when they played domestically, they tended to slow the game down a bit, play more passes through midfield, and it just allows teams to get into a shape. 
Um, and then they found it really difficult to break those teams down. Um, and I think that just, you know, constantly playing on the back of the, the Champions League campaign, which was really, really tough for them. I think obviously you then start playing against a team who are sitting in, making it tough for you. And you're, you know, they edged over the line in a few games and then it, they, they kind of faltered in a few games as well. And I think it was just that probably the, the size of the task, the size of the squad couldn't cope with the games um, and they couldn't manage to kind of maintain winning in Scotland while trying to compete in the Champions League. And of course up against a, a Celtic side who were just rejuvenated under Ange Postacoglu. Andy, and I've asked you before about mm. Giovanni van Bronckhorst and people have got a great regard for him. Yeah, You'd hear what Richard's saying there. I know you're, mm -hmm. you're just about your team's ready. But maybe it was set up for European football doing so well last season but not so much for Champions League or Scotland. Well, I think it tells you just how tough it will be for Michael Beale to yeah. come close to that. Um, you know, for Giovanni van Bronckhorst to take that team to a European final, to win a Scottish Cup, to qualify for the Champions League against the quality of opposition they, that they had, um, I mean, that's going to be a tall order for any manager to, to replicate that. And you heard Giovanni van Bronckhorst himself say how difficult and challenging it was to try and strengthen the team. People had this idea that there was so much money there and he said there's, there's not. And I think he did make a mistake when he said you can't compete at Champions League level. You can. Um, I mean, Celtic competed, they still get beat, but th those games were, were tight, they were close and, you know, they had a, an attacking intent. Um, so, um, I, I mean, I... Every former Rangers player I speak to talks about this January window and how important it is for uh, Michael Beale to try and uh, you know transform this team. I, I don't know what's changed at Rangers that will make it easier for Michael Beale to do business uh, as opposed to uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Why, why was he not allowed to, to spend a bit of money and, and Michael Beale apparently will be? I don't understand it. Richard? It tends to be at all clubs when a new manager comes in he suddenly gets the riches that the, the previous manager would have loved and, and didn't get but I, I think you're right I don't think you know the, the kind of financial situation at Rangers is not such that they can go and spend a lot of money on players um, so you know I think probably one of the, the qualities he looked at in Michael Beale when they went for him is the fact that one he's worked with a lot of the players before but two he's, a, he's an excellent coach so can he then coach the players he's got May, they might not be his style of player or a player he wants in but can he get an extra 5-10% out of the ones he's got there and then instead of having to go in the transfer window and, and sign him five players he might only have to go and sign two and he might rejuvenate three of the players he's already got I think if you look at Tillman he seems to be far more productive since uh, Michael Beale came in so there's one that you're maybe looking at going haven't really seen didn't see the best of him before but he's starting to, to kind of find his feet so I think, first and foremost, the fact that he's a very good coach and he had a good relationship with the players, I think that the board will probably be looking at hoping that he can get more from the players that he's currently got as well as possibly adding a couple in January. Yeah, I think there's reasonable goals for him to to, to be set. You, you need to go up against Celtic and you need to compete and you need to beat them. Now, that's going to be a tall order. He's got his first opportunity on, on Monday. Um, and you need to win a trophy. So, is that going to be the league? Is it going to be the cup? It's going to be a hell of a tall order to even if Rangers win on Monday to overturn a, a six-point gap. Um, Celtic, I think, are flying and I can't see them losing uh, on Monday. Uh, so, imagine it went to 12 points. How does that then, uh, you know, affect the second half of the season and Rangers 
doing uh, their potential business in January. All right, we'll hear what Richard thinks about that shortly. Let's hear from the managers again. First of all, here's uh, Ange Postacoglu speaking about the man last night. He got his first ever Celtic goal and then he got his second uh, with a penalty. Of course, he's speaking about the Australian star, Aaron Moy. Yeah, no, he was, he was great and to be fair, he's been knocking on the door to score a goal. No, he's, been, uh, he's been pretty desperate. He's been a bit unlucky and um, he's been getting into those areas. And uh, I think for us, I said before, I think the World Cup was a really positive experience for all our lads there and you can see the benefits of that now with you know I think Aaron's come back really strong and Dazen obviously had all our players uh, Cam as well um, I think that helps them with their belief and uh, I think both um, you know as and, 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 and Dazen and today were outstanding. Aaron Moy came in there wasn't much about him was there at the beginning Richard we hadn't heard that much we knew who he was but my goodness he settled in well and he, he comes back even stronger probably after I suppose you get a kick by being playing in a World Cup playing for your national team Yeah, I wouldn't know but I would, oh. I would imagine so but I think um, yeah I think he was just you know I think he was managed very well I think it was put him in there in that sitting defensive role where he's with most against most teams, he's not really going to have much to do defensively. It's just going to be about getting on the ball, keep it ticking over, as Andy spoke about earlier. Um, and I and that just allowed him to find his feet and gain more and more fitness. And then going away to the World Cup, and I think since he's keep you know the game that we've seen or the games that we've seen, he does look like he's got that extra gear now. He does look like he's up to speed, and um, you can hear. That, I mean, how could playing for your country in the World Cup not be a positive experience? You know, it's it's fantastic for these guys, and and certainly he seems to want that that's grasped that um, opportunity and he's came back and you know he was in fine form the other night he certainly was for Rangers Ryan Kent going to ask you both what do you think here's what the manager feels how uh, the midfielder the um, he's such a, an important player for Rangers has been we know he's been off the boil but he's been getting better in recent weeks here's the manager speaking about Ryan Kent well listen in the last two games I think he's been excellent tonight in terms of his work effort was very good there'll be moments in the game like the team which were very good and there were some other moments that that Ryan himself would like to do better. And I personally thought Borna Barisic was probably man of the match tonight, coming back in after being away for five weeks. But listen, I didn't choose it, did I? And Ryan, Ryan's a very, very important player for Rangers. I think there's a there's a lot of clamour about him, but make no bones, he's a very, very important player for there's us. There's a lot of clamour about him, Andy. Will we? Obviously, we'll see him on Monday. Will we see him after January? Well, that, I don't know what relationship that uh, Michael Beale will be developing with him. Obviously, he's known him since he's been a 14-year-old boy, so there's there's a, a bit of history there. Uh, I thought he was outstanding in the first half against Aberdeen when he was playing a sort of central role. He could drift left, he could drift uh, right. But then when Ramadani went close to him for the majority of the second half, you hardly saw him. And that Rangers fell out of the game. Obviously, they got that astonishing two goals and in, in injury time and won it but uh, he is the one you look to Richard mentioned earlier about Tillman he's also got a good bit of imagination a lot of creativity they're the two players that can make things happen and feed the likes of Morelos we're, we're assuming Morelos will be fit for sure Richard what do you feel about Ryan Kent at the moment I, I mean I've said this before I think it, he's certainly getting back to his best um, I played against him um, one of the games at Ibrox and found it really tough with his movement, his pace, his skill. Um, but I think he was left on his own to do a lot of work for Rangers. I think he was he was always the one that they looked to to create things. I think the the game before the break, St Mirren typifies it perfectly. He actually has to beat two men to win a penalty for Rangers, and that and that's every time he got the ball, he was getting doubled up on, um, and and. And Rangers kind of obviously basically went right. You you go and create something for us, and then when he never, it was like all right, Ryan Kent's not playing well. He's not playing well enough. So I, I kind of felt sorry for him a little bit. I thought there was a lot being asked of him. 
Um, but I think now with kind of Tillman coming in and, and providing um, goals and assists, I think it frees Kent up. Obviously, the positional change. He's not stuck out in the, on the wing. He's kind of he's narrower. He's more difficult to pick up. Um, I think that suits his game. It suits the way Rangers are wanting to play. And I think he's 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 you know he's slowly finding his feet. But he's he's one of the players in the Rangers team who's a match winner. You know he can get the ball. He can go past players. He can score wonder goals. Um, and you know they they obviously need him to be on top of his game on Monday. Um, if they're going to have any chance in the game, but he is one of the players who can light up a game of football. But he doesn't score enough goals. That's one of the issues is as well. Well, again, again, it goes back to the fact that I think he was heavily relied on to create stuff. Yep. So you, if you yep. look at the position that he was taking up, compare that with the position of Jota and Abada at no different team, yep. but he was always out wide trying to get the cross in, trying to get the ball in the box. He was going deep to get the ball. I think you've seen this, the third goal against Aberdeen. The second goal, it's his shot that yep. deflects, but the sure. third goal, he goes back to the halfway line and gets the ball there, runs 40 yards of the ball and gets him up the pitch. So that's what he was left to do. So he doesn't get in the same areas as Jota and Abada. Um, now, take nothing away from those two guys because I think they're both exceptional. Sure. Um, but I just think he's the way he plays, he tends to be kind of on the periphery of the box as opposed to getting into it. Great insight on that. Andy, do you want to go first with the uh, Rangers team? You give us the Rangers team. Rangers team, I, th I think that, that yeah. defence will be pretty much the same as you saw last night. McGregor, I think you'll have Tavernier, Goldson, Davis and Barisic. I think Lundstrom will play with Jack in the middle of the park. And I think Sakala uh, will get in there with his pace. I think Tillman, Kent and I'm assuming Morelos will be fit. You would so imagine. that yeah. is a, a pretty decent Rangers team. And, and I know they've got terrible injuries with the likes of uh, Lawrence is out, Suter's been out, Hollander, Yilmaz mm. uh, has been in and out of the team and around it. Um, and I know Jack and Goldson have had their um, injury yeah. issues as well. But looking at that team and since we've returned after the break, uh, you know, Tillman's got a bit of something. Kent, we know, has got a bit of something. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just assuming Sakala might get a run just because of his, his pace and trying. I mean, Rangers are at home. They need to try and, and be on the offensive. Richard, what do you think? Um, I've pretty much got the same team. I haven't yeah. exactly got the same team. I, I've thrown in Tillman. Um, I, I had Kamara because I thought maybe go with Jack Lundstrom, Kamara, have that midfield solid because obviously Celtic are so good in there. Um, and then you could maybe promote Tillman and play him wide. Um, one side of Morelos with Kent on the other side, although Tillman likes to play central. Um, but I, I'm not sure they will go with... Well, they'll probably go with Jack Lundstrom sitting and Tillman ahead of them and, and possibly Sakala wide. But I think it, looking at it, I would probably try and kind of steady that midfield and, and bring Kamara in to play as a three and kind of put Tillman in off the off the you know the right hand side because like we spoke about, they don't play as wingers; they play as, mm. as number ten. So I think that, there you go. I know that was a long winded yep. way to say. <laughs> I think it's going to be the back five that, that, that Andy spoke about, and then I think it'll be Jack Lundstrom Kamara in the middle. Jack Lundstrom Kamara, okay, with uh, Kent and Tillman off of Morelos. He likes Kamara, doesn't he? Because he'd sort of disappeared for quite some time under GVB. And yet the year before, you know, a couple of years ago when Rangers won the title, he was mentioned all the time. We talked about the 50 grand player. That's all they paid for him. He was terrific. They'd gone off the boil. Yeah. But he seems to be rejuvenated. Yeah, he had a fantastic spell under Steven Gerrard. Looked a really clever player. Good feet. Um, and I think the fact that he's just not been as effective under... Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, we, we all know he had a bit of a fallout at the St Mirren uh, game where they dropped, Rangers dropped points there. But uh, you get uh, Kamara fully fit and focused and in the team playing well, he's a real asset, I think. 
Strong team, the Rangers team there. I know, obviously Celtic, the league doesn't lie. I'm not going to answer it for you, Andy, mm. but and I'm not looking for the prediction just yet, but I heard you saying a few minutes ago, you don't think Celtic will lose the game. No. But for the Rangers fans, you know, there'll be 50,000 there or 40, 49,000, there'll be, what, seven or 800 uh, Celtic fans. They're going and they're looking for this run to continue, four wins in a row. Yeah, but I mean, Celtic are on the back of 12 wins. They're on the back of uh, very recent victories at Celtic Park and Ibrox. Uh, I think Rangers will be wary of what uh, Celtic can throw at them. They need to be uh, really strong defensively, really focused, really concentrated. I think that's why they'll have all their experienced players there. It's always good to see Adam Devine get a chance, Leon King get a chance, uh, Young Lowry got a, a chance the other night. But this game, I think, is just too big a step for, for any of them to to play from the start. You need all your uh, experience and your your players that I, I think you can trust. A draw would suit Celtic. Would it suit Celtic? It certainly would still leave it at nine points. Uh, I don't think it would suit them. They, they might take it. Yeah. Celtic will go there and they'll try and win because that's what they pretty much do home and away. Um, and that's why I don't think they'll lose. I think they are so strong defensively. And I think uh, those wide areas where if you're talking about Sakala with his pace or yeah. Tillman with his trickery or Kent, whether they're through the middle or, or, or wide, going up against uh, that, that Celtic defence, I think will be will be key because um, there, there's fascinating contests yeah. all over the pitch. That's what you love about Let's it. Let's talk about those and we'll get Richard's team for uh, the Celtic team and get yours as well, Andy, just after this and we'll get the traffic news. We're building up towards the big match on Monday. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go. Paul, can you hear with Macklin Motors, the Go Radio Football Show We've got Andy Walker and Richard Foster is with us tonight The former Rangers, Aberdeen, Partick Thistle, Ross County St Johnston St Johnston, of course, yeah Bristol City Bristol City Did you enjoy playing in Bristol? It's a great City, isn't yeah, it? It's, yeah. a, it's a fantastic yeah. city, a great part of the, the world to live in. Um, but it kind of coincided with a, a, a tough time personally. Um, so I didn't really kind of give the football my full attention, which is disappointing yep. because it was a fantastic opportunity for my, uh, myself. But, you know, these things happen in life and um, came back to Scotland and, uh, and you know, kind of obviously I love being up here. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough time. So enjoy the city for the city it was, but not the football. But good times now, Richard, and you're enjoying life. Yep. Yes, enjoying life now. Just um, my wife and I have just got ourselves a, a little puppy. Oh right, yeah. Um, what have so you got? We've got a miniature schnauzer oh, called yeah. Vincent. So Vincent. that's um, kind of three three hours sleep a night. Not Vinny. Well, we call him Vinny for short, yeah. But <laughs> Vincent's his Sunday name. Oh, fantastic. But um, yeah, getting yeah. up at three in the morning to take him out and all that kind of stuff. So it's good fun, it's tiring, but it's very good fun. Brilliant. Did she sing him to sleep? No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a sing song at Christmas or whatever New Year we're going to do that? The bells? No, not we. I mean, no, no I, you don't. I, I don't. I mean, don't. I'm tone deaf. <laughs> yeah, but she's not. But no. She's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's all right. Slightly yeah, oh, more talented. She's all right, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll maybe talk about the cars later, but not on this uh, podcast. We'll maybe do one. Um, she a uh, fantastic. Uh, ambassador for Scotland and what a talent yep of course Amy MacDonald but um, on the football itself in Aberdeen can I ask you about the Dons what do you feel because you're a long time at Aberdeen they must be close to your heart you're from that area where were you born I was, uh, I was born in Aberdeen in Aberdeen yeah, yeah. I lived, with, lived yeah. in Elgin up until right. I was 16 and then obviously moved back through to Aberdeen but yeah it's so, so what do you think is, is Jim under pressure I'm, we're hoping not but I think you know 
it's 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 all relative, isn't it? You're always under pressure at Aberdeen, a team like Aberdeen, if you're not winning games. I think the 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 way they played against Celtic has brought on more pressure because it was you know it was I know I've heard it described as anti football, but they they set up in a deep formation yeah. and then they weren't good enough on the ball on the day to to get themselves up the pitch. So kind of those two things combined, it didn't look good. You know when you're looking at Carter Vickers strolling around forty yards from the Aberdeen goal. Um, under no pressure um, it doesn't look good when you're you know as a spectacle but so of course he's under pressure they've had a tough run um, but I think if you you know it seems to me and, and this is probably because that's a career I, I want to go, go into when managers are sacked so quickly and you know you, you, Jim Goodwin's coming in and he's picking up a squad that, that Stephen Glass had who was picking up a squad that Derek McInnes had and it's if you don't give these guys time you end up I think Lee Johnson spoke about it Hibbs saying look I've got like three or four managers players here you know, and it's a kind of an amalgamation of of different players and yes I do fully agree that a manager going in has to coach the players he's got available until such times as he can add or get rid of some players and there's been a huge turnaround at Aberdeen but I just think just you know there's nothing in terms of the league position they're not, you know, they're not languishing no, at the bottom of the sure. league. You know, they're still fourth, I think. Um, granted, it's very, very tight. So there's no, there shouldn't be any panic yet. You know, you've brought Jim Goodwin in. You feel like he's the man to to take you forward. They're going through a tough spell at the moment, especially away from home. At home, generally, they've been okay. Um, but I think you just need to give him a little bit more time because, you know, if you if you get rid of him now, a new manager comes in and the first thing he says is, "Oh well, these are not my players." So then we need to wait sure. till another window mm-hmm. till he gets his players in. So it's it's I think it's just it's important what they do in January. It's definitely important what they do in January. I think some of the players he's brought in has, haven't quite worked, um, but I just think he needs they need to go back to basics because they don't defend the box well at all. You need strong leadership, and if you're bringing in Jim Goodwin, you you need to understand he's getting a whole new team together, and I think he's got a decent squad there, possibly underperforming, and just their approach to the Celtic game. When you see Hearts at Tynecastle going at Celtic, scoring three goals, being unlucky to lose four three, Hibs last night they lost four 0 but maybe the first fifteen minutes they had a, an attacking intent. Had they got a, a a goal up, I don't think anyone would have complained, but they had. They had ambition, they had a, arguably, they had a bit of bravery getting so many men forward knowing that they could be exposed. But I think the Hibs fans appreciated that. And to see Aberdeen eh, just choke the game the way they did with very little ambition, I think that's what eh, saddened the majority of the, the Aberdeen fans because Aberdeen, they pretty much should be fighting, well, I was going to say Hearts and Hibs, but... yeah. They should be fighting hearts oh. to finish third. It's a, it's a big club, isn't it? It's and a big club. The tradition of the club. But Andy, if we wouldn't be talking about this if the game finished three minutes later, plus the injury time, they were they were level, weren't they? Until Listen, that Ru- late, late. Ru- so we'd never have spoken about that uh, then. It tactically it'd have been good. I know the fans hate it. Richard, I'm so, I'm yeah. I'm not as sure. No? I, I still okay. think that you know, it's you're at home. Yes, you're playing against Celtic who are fantastic at the moment, but I just the message it sends, I think, if you go out there and set up in such a defensive uh, formation I still think that there would have been fans kind of going I mean at least have a shot on goal or at least try and get into Celtic's half you know I, I think I can remember watching the heat map and it's just it was like there was a force field around the box because Aberdeen just couldn't get into it and it's it's not what you want to see when the third place team are playing the, the top yeah. team you want to see them at least you know at least we know there's a big gap of yeah. course it is but I think when you look at the Hearts game fans will accept losing 4-3 to a team like Celtic fans will accept if if the Rangers game hadn't came on the back of of the Celtic game and they hadn't conceded so late on, 
fans will accept losing three two to Rangers because you have a go and you and you you know. Yeah. But I just think that when you don't even bother, what was you know just if you don't turn up for the game, you get it's a, was it a three 0 defeat. The, you get forfeited. You may as well just do that. The, the other mm. thing is you've actually got the players to hurt Celtic yeah. Yeah. if mm. if you play them further forward and try sure. and attack them. And I know it's difficult. Celtic can turn the game in an instant. You saw that last night with uh, Maida. Um, I, I know how difficult it is. And management is absolutely brutal. So you need really strong leadership. And, you know, I, I know there's a lot of social media and if, if managers... I've heard managers who have been binned before and, you know, they've got uh, a board of directors that are so busy on social media. And when they are beginning to get a bit of criticism, they tend to pull the trigger. You need strong leadership. And wh why were you given the job in the first place? Jim Goodwin's had a good managerial record. Give, give him a bit of time. I think, yeah. the, I think the players need to take some responsibility for the Celtic game as well. Mm -hmm. Because obviously, yes, they set up to be defensive and hit Celtic on the counter-attack. But if you've tried it three or four times and Starfelt's just waiting for the ball, yeah. you need to try something else. Sure. So instead of trying to run in behind because he's too fast, you need to come to feet. And you need to... There were, there were certainly instances in the game where... They were going forward too quickly. Now I know that is that's what the tactics. Well, I don't know that's what the tactics were, but it looked that way. But if it's not working, you can't just keep no, doing it sure. and keep doing it and then go, oh, "Well, the manager will get the blame." You know, you on the pitch have a responsibility sure. to try and pass it to your teammates, and they and they, they fell so far short that it was you know it got to be quite embarrassing by the end. You've got that out your system now. I did yeah. ask you about that game there. You know the the Celtic performance because against Rangers 94 minutes I mean if it hadn't been for the World Cup type of timings now <laughs> yeah. you know the 8 minutes added on or 10 or whatever because uh, they'd played really well in that one but we'll find out what happens Jim Goodwin really good manager and um, we'll maybe talk about Hibs as well because they've got a few they got the win last week but they've been on a poor run but been Lee an Johnson, awful year for yeah Hibs. I know but you've got to give them time haven't you the, the wage bill they've got the number of players as you've just said yeah. he's carrying two three previous managers well yeah. you, you look at the management there Spons. and Ange Postacoglu has been there three times with Celtic and he's played a different manager each time, each time. Wow. I mean that's bizarre sure Jack Ross and then Sean Maloney. If you're been in Jack Ross, you must completely and utterly believe in uh, Sean Maloney. But he is out uh, after a number of defeats. And in all honesty, it's the same type of pattern just now with Lee Johnson. He's, yeah. what is it, two two wins in, in nine? Yep. And they've got a big game coming up against yeah. Hearts, of course. Yep, I mean, the owner did say he made a mistake with Jack Ross uh, going from the club. Anyway, top of the table, Celtic on 54, Rangers on 45. The goal difference is plus 20 for Celtic compared to Rangers. Hearts on 28 and Aberdeen. Just, it's just gone off the screen for me, but you're right, Richard, you said Aberdeen in fourth position. What's it going to be after this weekend? Because with the other derbies coming as well, yeah, Aberdeen on 25 points, St Mirren also on 25, St Johnson 24 alongside Livingston, Hibs on 23, then Kilmarnock on 19, big win for them last night, Motherwell on 18, Dundee United on 16, they came off the bottom, Ross County on 15. Rangers Celtic four days away. Let's get your Celtic lineup then, Richard. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first for this one. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like I'm just copying Andy. <laughs> so, it's um, homework. Yeah. Heart and goals, obviously. Yeah. The back four, as we spoke about, I think it'll be Juranovic, Carter Vicker, Starfelt, and Taylor. Mm -hmm. I think McGregor will be in midfield. I've I initially put O'Reilly and Hitate mm -hmm. with Abada and Jota um either side of Kyogo. But, but I I think maybe Moy will play. I think right? his yeah. performances the other night, I think the you know, I was worried about, I think Hatate is probably more mobile in terms of dealing with the Rangers midfield. Mm -hmm. 
but I don't think that's the way Ange Postacoglu thinks I think he thinks have faith in my team go and play our game which at the moment is fantastic so I think on the back of his goals but then in saying that can you drop a player <laughs> who's played out of position mm. but, yeah <laughs> I, I, I think Juranovic right. will come back in and I think um, I'm going to throw it out there I'm going to say I think Hitate will play and why won't and why won't and why right? won't yeah, yeah. and up, up front up front up Kyogo yeah. and then Jota and Abad at either side or do you just want Celtic to play nine as an ex-Rangers player no I'm no, joking I'm joking I'm joking <laughs> I'm I'm actually yeah. I've got them there playing 12 yeah. so, well <laughs> I took Moy out as well I've got Juranovic coming in the, yeah. the, the usual Carter Vickers Starfield obviously heart and goal if Taylor's fit I think he'll be ahead of, of Bernabe uh, I've put Hatati in the middle of the park alongside McGregor and O'Reilly and I've got Maida uh, starting the game just for his Sheer energy, nuisance value. He can defend as well as he can attack. He's beginning to have a bit of an eye for goal, albeit with that uh, horrific miss last night, but he scored a, a special one. I think Kyogo will go through the middle and I think Jota will start. I'm not, Do you? not yeah. too sure, uh-huh. but I think I think okay. he'll start. I, I mean he's he's had a bit of criticism from from the manager, maybe not doing enough, maybe not being as as a prolific uh, inside the box, but uh, his record in this game is uh, is pretty special. But then again, so is a bad. I'm, I'm not. I, I've not got him in the starting lineup. The thing is, you could make. I think you could make four changes to that, five changes to that Celtic team, and it'd still be really strong. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think if Maeda is a player that, if I was speaking, you know, I've got a, my son's eleven. Um, left footed wants to play probably left wing but he's a guy that I'd want him to watch because of the energy that he expends, expends the willingness to run back to sprint back at full pace to take to win the ball back and I just think it, a lot of you know when you look at Celtic's players they're fantastic going forward but I think having someone like that who is can be fantastic going forward as we've seen the other night but is also willing just to work really really hard I think sometimes people forget that the best players work the hardest and I think so So he's, while he's not in my team mm-hmm. I think he's a, he's a great <laughs> example for for younger players to watch because I think his energy is just terrific Here's the manager speaking a bit more about Dyson Maeda I've known him for a little while now I've sort of had him in Japan and uh, he's such a strong got a strong mindset and it's not just in his football, but it's in his effort. You know, some you know he'll close people down and, and won't get any rewards, but it won't stop him closing people down. You know, and that filters through to his football as well. It's going to be some game, isn't it? And on the bench for Celtic, since we're on Celtic at the moment, they've got so many options. Usually, uh, Ange Postecoglou has a surprise up his sleeve, Andy. He, it's difficult to predict the actual eleven. Yeah, it is, and uh, we've already mentioned it. You could maybe make four changes to to the the team that we've just announced, and I think it would still be really strong. If you saw Yakimakis playing from the start, you wouldn't be phased, given the way he has played against Rangers in the last two two games. Um, if Turnbull was all of a sudden to come back from his suspension with a red card, you'd still think, well, there's a guy that can threaten and score from the middle of the park, get a shot from outside the box. Um, uh, you've James Forrest, who's been over the yeah. course before, and getting back to being a you know a really good squad player coming in, and what, what did he scored a hat trick against Hibs uh, when they played them at Celtic Park. So um, there's a good number of options. Bernabe, if he comes in for uh, Taylor, that will be a really good test for him. But he he looks a quality player too. Taylor looks as though he will be fit though. 
Well, I know it's hard to tell, but Richard, you looked as though, yeah, you think he will. Yeah, I think he'll I think it. he yeah. will be. I think he's, um, you know, he's he's in fantastic form. He'll probably he'll do everything, and they will do everything to get him fit. I think, and that's no disrespect to disrespect to Burnaby, but I think Taylor's in such good form at the moment that, um, you know, they want him to play. But as I said before, I think, you know, I think was it a couple of games ago. Postacoglu said, you know, we didn't make enough runs in the box. Yeah. And in the very next game, they scored three goals by making runs in the box. So he always gets a reaction from his players because they know, you know, like we've spoke about, Abada knows if I don't play well after 60, someone will come on who can do it as well as me, if not better. And then my place in the team's gone. Jota's the same with my, you know, so there's, there's options all over the pitch. So they need to be playing well to stay in that team. Going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. It's going to be Judgment Day on Monday. Let's hope it's not VAR Day. Let's hope we're not talking about some horrendous VAR decisions. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Looking back at last night, looking forward to next week. Last night, Rangers winning 3-0 at Motherwell. Hebs nil, Celtic four, and Aaron Moy double. Dundee United three, Ross County nil. Huge result for Liam Fox and his men there at Tannadice. Kilmarnock beating Aberdeen 2-1. Great win for Derek McInnes against his old club. Livingston and St Mirren 1-1. Back to that in a second or two. And St Johnson 2, Hearts 3. Xander Clark in goals, of course, because of the injury, the double leg break to Craig Gordon, who is going to be at the training camp ahead of the Edinburgh derby. So he's going to be there, Andy, your old, against your old club, Hibs. But Craig Gordon, we've spoken about it for a couple of nights, but what a fantastic keeper and we hope to see him back. Just uh, astonishing that he's had such a, a really horrific injury and it didn't seem to, uh, it just seemed to be a collision, a heavy one where you're maybe winded, but obviously it's... It's uh, much worse than that. And given that he turns 40 on New Year's Eve, yeah. Hugmanay, mm. that's, it, it, it's going to be a, a real test for him to come back, but we wish him all the best. He's been a marvellous keeper. Yeah, you know, I echo everything Andy says there. And, you know, he's came back from um, a pretty serious injury before. He's out of the game for about two years. Um, so he's definitely got the, the strength of character to come back. But given his age, given the severity of of, of how, it, you know, how it looked, um it, it looked like it could he could struggle to come back from that. I mean, first and foremost, you, you want him to be able to walk properly after a, a, such a serious leg break. So um, that'll be first and foremost in his mind, I would imagine. But, you know, if, if, if there's anyone with the strength of character to come back from it, it's probably Craig Gordon. And someone else you know well, Stephen Davis, of course, of Rangers in Northern Ireland. We know about his injury, so we're not going to see him again this season. And will we see him back? The manager has spoken about him and said, we've got a plan for him behind the scenes could he be a future manager but what a player and the energy that he still displays and the calmness as well yeah what... fantastic player um, I'm, I'm, you know you're regularly asked the best players you've played with and, and for me it's it's Steve Davis and that's no disrespect to the other guys have played with some very very good players very talented players but just everything um, quality on the ball um, range of passing awareness understanding of the game I think he probably never played under Van Bronckhorst as much as, as I would have played him. I thought, you know, in the European games, he, he made a difference. He made a difference in the final. He came on and they start to control midfield just because he knows which positions to occupy. Um, and fantastic football player. And it's, it's always sad when, you know, guys that are getting a bit older, kind of, you, you hope this, this injury doesn't end his career um, because he's been such a fantastic player. But it's positive that there's there's a space for him at Rangers while Michael Beale's there. And whether that's in a player role or a, a, a kind of coach, you know, the, it remains to be seen. The other thing is 140 caps for Northern Ireland. That's incredible. Absolutely I mean, incredible. To, 
to be as fit for as long as that yeah. in all the games that they play all times of the year to be as committed as that it's a real testimony to him it's absolutely phenomenal isn't it Never so seen. we wish him all the very best to Steve Davis uh, some other headlines today uh, well, some it's rumour mill going on because we're obviously getting close to January what about Celtic and strikers I mean Gikamakis you think he's going to go? I've asked you before, Andy. Richard, what's the sense of it? What are you hearing? The he, he, he of power he, at BBC, what are they saying? <laughs> no, they know, yeah. they know <laughs> less than me. Um, Everyone's working from home. He sent, <laughs> a, he sent a, well, he posted a, a kind of cryptic, yeah. you know, after he kind of only got on for a, a short time, he posted that hourglass, didn't That's he, right. and on a social media account. So I don't know. I mean, you've got to feel for him because every time he plays, he makes an impact. But I think he's, Again, he's one of those guys who's probably better as an impact sub. As I think so. Yeah, I mean, I just, honestly, I, see if he was in the starting 11 come Monday at Ibrox, I think there would be an air of excitement among the Celtic fans. Not, oh my God, Kyogo's not playing. Mm -hmm. It's Yakimakis is playing. Do you remember the last time he played and how well he played and he came on after a couple of minutes? The 3-0 game in February where he pretty much battered... Yeah. Uh, that Rangers defence really unlucky not to score but I, I think there'd be an air of excitement if he was to start the game yeah, Richard I, you were a Rangers defender how would you feel would you rather be up against Kyogo or well I'd, I'd hopefully be up against neither I'd be outstanding at wide but then <laughs> saying that it's Jota and Maeda so there's no um, no relief out there no I mean for me I would rather be against Kyogo and that's no disrespect but I mean Giacomacus would pick me up and fling me about like an empty tracksuit you know so I'd rather be next to a guy who I'm at least the same height as although he's he's very sharp and his movement's yeah. excellent but yeah I think it's it's a completely different prospect isn't it you know Kyogo's very clever his movement's fantastic he's so dynamic when he moves or you've got Giacomacus who's decent enough with the ball at his feet but just wants to get in the box and he basically says to the wide guys I'm going to be in there, you put the ball in, and invariably, when he comes on, he scores. So I, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you that he's if he starts the game, then I don't think you'd see many Celtic fans complaining. I, um, I, I think you also see a difference in Celtic when uh, Ange Postecoglou turns to his bench after 60, 70 minutes. Whether they're ahead, whether the game's level, whether they're behind, he knows he can turn and make a triple substitution. And you've not only got fresh legs, you have got players with quality coming on and I've got to say the attitude of Yakimakis when he has come on uh, I think it's been spot on he really wants to get involved well a number of clubs are looking for the Rosenberg striker Kasper Tengstead he's 22 he scored 15 goals in 14 appearances he came back from a loan initially with Horsens in his native Denmark so Celtic one of the clubs linked with him Football Scotland understands Celtic have scheduled initial conversations with the strikers representatives we cannot confirm it and Celtic perhaps also interested in another um, a South Korean player under 23 midfielder Kwon Hyok Kyu according to reports we'll see it's that time of the year but nothing would surprise you um, Richard it's been some year highlight for you I think I think that actually the highlight for me was was Argentina and Lionel Messi winning the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, I just think he's, you know, it's probably the most I've actually watched him in terms. Of, you know, you've seen him every few days playing, and he's just magical. The things he does. I mean, you know, even the goal in the final when I think it's the second goal and the ball's fired into him, he takes a touch at one way, outside of the foot, and sets. You know, I think it's McAllister through. There's not many that I think he's the only player in the world that can do that, and he does things. And you're watching him, and I always like to see the best players play well and do things that I can't, couldn't do. And 
you watch him and it, it, like he's just a magician. You know, I think his pass for one of the goals, you know, the reverse pass, I think it was in the semi-final. It's, you know, in Holland, I think. You're watching that on the TV and i never seen the pass from the TV screen, let alone how he's seen it from where he was. And I just think to, to end the debate for me, now it never really was much of a debate, but to end the debate between, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi, he, Messi's won the World Cup. He's, he's basically completed football. He's an um, exceptional player, and and hopefully now that's him goes down as probably you know I always liked Brazilian Ronaldo was my favourite growing was he? up. Yeah, but yeah. I think probably Messi probably just surpasses him in terms of the best ever that I've seen. Yeah, I mean I'm a different generation to Richard, so uh, when you look at the footage of Maradona, I still yeah. get uh, the goosebumps. And these players don't play the sport that I play because yeah. when you when you see them doing what they what, what they did every week. Uh, it makes you feel totally inadequate as a. I can't describe myself as a footballer in the same. <laughs> in the, I'm playing the same game as these guys because uh, you're not, and it it just gets you on the edge of your seat, gets you excited. Uh, to just echo what Richard said about Messi uh, doing that at the World Cup, it was magical just to see it. And overall, has it been good for for the game? People enjoyed it. Maybe a slow burn at the beginning. I think because we weren't involved, a lot of Scots felt. Mm, not quite for me, but yeah. like most tournaments, that would, I mean, it, that it, would make it a better tournament if Scotland were there, yeah. no matter how long, how short. Should we have been to, there, Andy? Did we oh, underperform? Oh, we're still sore. I mean, I, did, yeah. I was covering the Scotland Turkey game when everyone was getting ready for the World Cup, and you yeah. just had this sense of, God, we should I think be doing that, this game, we should be prepared. But for the it. worst yeah. thing for me yeah. was watching the World Cup going, we could compete here. We could definitely yeah. compete. If you look at some of the groups, you go, we could Wales. Could, yeah. Wales did yeah. nothing. We would get, and we could have given some, England some of the groups. Better. I think we would have we would have got out of the group, and that's and watching it. That was the most disappointing thing in terms of from Scotland. You kind of go, you know, and there's probably a good painful, still very yeah, painful. Good, painful. If we'd yeah. got there, there go. and I wasn't, I was probably kind of. It was more painful for me watching the World Cup with Scotland not there than when they didn't get there. You know that way you kind of you have that expectation that ugh, they're not going to qualify. They've done so well to this point, but they're just it's Scotland. It's not going to be easy. But when you're watching the World Cup and they're not there, and you're looking at teams with all respect, like Wales, like Canada, even like the US, I just think ugh, we could have competed with these. Richard, guys. you're talking about your son there, and obviously he he'll probably remember the Euros. But uh, I've got three boys, and they're all in their twenties. In fact, one's thirty, and they can't remember no. any World Cups. No. And course, I grew yeah. up. I grew up with World Cups every four years. It was, it was magical. So um, that would be the only way you can improve the World Cup, just to see us get there, compete, and see all the daft stories that the fans would get up to. It's an amazing tournament. I've obviously never played, but I've uh, attended a few, three World Cups, and it was, I, I thought it would come around every four years for yeah. Scotland. Was it three or yeah, four? Yeah. Four, four. In fact, and, yeah. and, we're, and we're up against yeah. it for the next Euros. We've got Spain, yeah. we've got Norway, we've got yeah. those uh, bandits, Georgia, who always give mm -hmm. us a, a really tough Are game. Are they on your mind? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and can go. I mention somebody that Rangers came up against uh, during 2022, Cody Gappo? We thought he be, might be going to what Man United, others were mentioned, and he's gone to Liverpool. So quite a signing from PSV. Well, remember Rangers going up against PSV and we yep. thought... Rangers, this this will be a step too far. They've got guys like Gakpo in their yep. team, and he's going to go to one of the big clubs in England. He's going to go for a lot of money, but that was Giovanni Van Bronckhorst again, just nullifying his threat. And I think he, he did. He time. underperformed, though. I think. Gakpo. Yeah, I think. I think he so. expected more from him when you're watching him. Yeah. But you know that could have been just the, the way Rangers went about their business. But 
but yeah, I mean, in the World Cup, I think he was he was he was great for for the Netherlands, wasn't he? So, um, but it's it's good for the Rangers squad, to, you know, to say that they've played against this guy who's now was it forty five million pounds he's yeah. just signed for yeah, forty five. And I see on Champions League duty, uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, Mudrich, he's valued at eighty five million. Eighty five. Well, he was a bit special against Celtic, mm-hmm. made a difference in both of those uh, games. But is it Arsenal that they're talking about, or? Yeah, a few clubs in there. I think Arsenal, one of them. Can Arsenal win the title? Can anyone overtake Man City in England, Richard? Well, it's great to see some sort of threat to City. You you thought it would be Liverpool, but Arsenal looked more likely. I've seen a a lot of memes just basically saying it was so easy for Pep Guardiola. He just created a a coach that he has to to battle Ah, out the league. (laughs) (laughs) You just find it too easy, so you thought, I need to create my own competition. Yeah, certainly former Rangers manager, because we're always trying to bring it back to Scotland. Yeah. Mikel Arteta, what a job he's done there, because I think people wondered. I know he did well, he won the FA Cup, didn't he? And then you thought, is it going wrong for him, all the stuff with Obama Yang? But stood his ground. Did you enjoy the programme on it, Richard? I've not seen you for months, so the um, the programme which was behind the scenes, all or nothing. I actually haven't watched it. Have you not? You've been no, too busy playing and too busy, yeah. and I was, you know, thousands of miles away. And, of course, um, uh, you love it. It was terrific. It's a great. It's a great I've, I've been told that by a few people. Yeah. I maybe need to enjoy. Because you're in the game, you would love it. Let's get back to. Well, I see Livingston are appealing the red card. What do you think of it? And can you recap what happened? It was a yeah. It was basically a loose ball, and, and yeah. Pittman slides in to clear the ball, which he does, and then his his foot comes down and stands on Bacchus's ankle. At the same time, Bacchus coming into the tackle, um, swings his foot and kicks. And kicks Pittman, at the, you know, kicks him in the, in the calf. And I just think, for me, I spoke about it earlier today. I just thought that if that's if I'm Bacchus and that is a challenge on me, I'm not complaining about that because mm-hmm. he's 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 kicked the ball away and then he's caught me. You know, yes, yes, it might have hurt. I don't think it hurt quite as much as he as he made out it did. But yeah, I think they've got every right to 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 appeal that because it's these tackles where players are sliding and win the ball and clearly kick the ball away. I think players don't know how to ride a tackle. So we've seen it with Nisbet, with Holt, we've seen it with Bacchus. To me, your options are, the ball breaks there, it's either a 50-50 and we're both going in, or you're there first and I want no part of that tackle because I'm going to get hurt. You see Nisbet puts his, his leg in to Jason Holt and gets caught. Lucky to not get a serious injury. Bacchus the same. You know, when a player's getting there first and he's a way to clear it, you don't want to run into that tackle, you know, when it's, 70-30 against you because you're going to get hurt and these guys yes I know they've had the opposition team have went down to 10 men but if you keep doing that and keep putting yourself in a dangerous situation you're going to get on the end of a sore, sore, uh, um, a sore one and get yourself the, injured The worrying thing for me is Steve McLean saw the challenge yeah. gave him a yellow card so he's then invited to go over and look at it on the screen what are you seeing that makes that different from a yellow card? You could argue it wasn't even a yellow yeah. card. He might have gone the other way. But I think he, he saw it. He saw it clearly. A yellow card. That no one would have said. By the way, Steve McLean missed an outrageous tackle. That was that was definitely a red. Just I think just that was let the referee David Mardell's point, wasn't it? It's like look, Far is there for clear and obvious mistakes. To give him a yellow for that is not a clear and obvious mistake because, like you say, if he gets a yellow card for that. You're just going to say, right, okay, fair enough, a yellow card. So um, why are they getting involved in things that are not clear? It's and a ridiculous mistakes? use of van. It gets you, oh, why are you... Just let the referee uh, be firm, be fair. And even if it was a soft yellow, just let him go on with it. As lo- we, we want to try and keep players on the pitch. I was really interested in last night, Hib Celtic, 
no use of any cards whatsoever. Yeah, I heard you saying that towards the end, and you had a few minutes to go, and I, uh, I thought, I oh, you're right, that, there's going to be a flurry. Yeah. In the I last thought that actually, but there, was there, was there weren't any, were there? There was nothing. Yeah. See, that, to be looking at that, that disappoints me. Does it? You think not competitive enough? <laughs> From a head's point out, yeah. you're, you're getting beat 4 0, and not one of your players is getting booked. Now, I'm yeah. not saying. I'm not saying for go and hurt people, not at all. But, you know, at least pull someone back or pull them to the ground or stop them just attacking you all the time. You know, you need to try and do something to upset Celtic's routine because if you don't, they're going to beat you comfortably. So I, just, I think that's, that would, we was, you know, I know I'm, I'm pretty old now, but that would have always <laughs> been one of the things that would have been labelled at us as a team. Going to Celtic Park, going to Ibrox, and you get to half time, you're getting beat 2-0. And, to use the phrase, you haven't laid the glove on them. Yeah, you know it's like yeah, you need you're, to you need to let them know they're in a game. You are echoing what the Hibs fans I spoke to after the game were, were saying about their team. Did they say that to you? Can you yeah. get close to Celtic? Mm-hmm. Didn't want to touch them. Didn't want to foul them. Um, I thought they competed for about twenty minutes, but after that, Celtic upped their game and and uh, oh, they were. It was a top class performance. Did you get a good welcome at Easter Road, given that you were there. I don't get many good welcomes at uh, grounds in Scotland, but I get one at Easter Road, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. And why wouldn't you? Anyway, let's not go into it, but <laughs> because you say what you honestly think. I've known you for years, Andy, uh, and you'll say what you think. I'll say to you a I, question, and you, and you always the, tell me what you think. Do you know the thing, Paul? You don't You don't need to be welcomed. You just want yeah. to be allowed into the ground just yeah. to do what you're doing. Of course. Let's go back to the game then. We went an amazing run there in the World Cup, and we enjoyed it. It was great to talk about Messi again, wasn't it? Yeah. It was brilliant. Uh, and to talk about Gakpo and uh, Mudrich. Uh, but let's go back to Rangers Celtic on Monday. Uh, the manager, Michael Beale, played Alex Lowry last night. A bit of a surprise, and he spoke about his player afterwards. I think we see where Alex is at. He, he had some really nice moments in the game, and he had some moments where he looks very young. It's hard to expect too much too soon, but certainly playing tonight will help him moving forward. It will give him more experience. He knows I've got a lot of trust and faith in him, but I think it's fair to say as well he's got a little bit to do as a young player, like most young players have. And, uh, but we know that he's a big player for us for the future. Andy, what are you hearing about Alex Lowry? We know he's talented. I, I love seeing players like that getting an opportunity because I got one at Motherwell and that's all you can ask for. Just give me a chance to play and I'll, I'll try and show you what I can do. I'll try and stay in the team. And I was at Ibrox earlier this season and I saw Charlie McCann play from the start against Dundee United. Showed up some uh, you know, nice touches, some good passing. Uh, he was dead keen. It was a home game, of course, so he had the whole stadium uh, pretty much behind him, uh, willing him to do well. They've got Leon King uh, there. Obviously, we've seen Adam Devine in recent weeks. I think it's great to when you get a chance, but it is so difficult to cement your place in the team. Not everyone can be... Uh, you, you're talking about Barry Ferguson earlier. Yeah. Not everyone can come through the ranks like Barry Ferguson and be... I mean, Barry was exceptional. These guys are good players. They've got promise. They've got potential. You just want to see them get a, an opportunity and, and do well. Richard, what do you make of Alex Lowry? Um, I think he's... You know, as Andy said, he's got a lot of quality. Um, but we can analyse them last night and... And and the manager speaks, you know, correctly that he does. He makes. He was making a lot of runs. Now he's young. He's enthusiastic. He, he's willing. He wants to get forward. He wants to show showcase his his ability. But some of the runs, when I was comparing him to Moy, you know, he's he's maybe running too wide or he's running too early or you're kind of not making the right run. But these are things that you'll learn from playing. But I also think you need to be very wary with young players because to go in and play at the old firm at Rangers at his age, week in, week out, is huge, huge pressure. 
and I think it's what they've done with Devine you know he's came in he's done really well kind of pull him out hopefully he gets back in um, and, and, and plays more this season but I think you need to be very very careful because like you said not everyone is a Barry Ferguson who can come in and basically say you know 19 years old give me the ball I'm going to control this game which he did on, on numerous occasions but I think it's 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 how you manage those players. They need to come in and play alongside experience to learn the ropes, but then they need to be given the platform to go and flourish. And I think he can't he can't expect Devine to come in and play ten games in a row because physically he's probably just not quite there yet. But he will get there as long as you treat him properly. I, I'm just thinking of a couple of Celtic players who've had a chance in recent years: Mikey Johnson, uh, you know, Stephen Welsh, who was in and out of the team. And it's so difficult to hold down a place, play every week, be the be the number one recognised uh, guy in, in your position. So difficult at Celtic and Rangers where they've got the money at every window uh, and even if you're out for a month, you know, they might go and get someone to to take your place. And the best thing you can do, I would say to any player, the best thing you can do is, is play. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think you have to, you know, go out on loan, play every week. And uh, Richard's talking there about you know, maybe some of the runs or some of the passes that Alec Lowry was making, hey, that's great as long as he learns from it uh, and you come back and you're, you're a better player for that experience. It's great to see young players though coming through. As you've both said, through the academies at all the clubs, and I'm thinking at Rangers, Billy Gilmer obviously went to Chelsea, Brighton and Ben Doak who played for Liverpool the other day, the well, young Celtic player who wanted to go to Anfield. Yeah, everyone was talking about him even at 15-16. Were they? So yeah. a bit like Nathan Patterson. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Adam Devine has got that same reputation but everyone was talking about him um, and that's why he went for such big money for a guy who had played relatively few games. He, he did have a, a few international caps, which I think helped Rangers get more money. Um, but uh, these guys are, are few and far between. Sometimes you need to play 20, 30, 40, 50 games and, and you're still learning, of course. I think Motherwell finished the game last night with two 16-year-olds on the pitch as well. Um, Good. Obviously, the, the son of one of my former teammates, uh, Lee Miller, um, his son Lennon was, was one of the, the players. So I think that, that shows you that you know, Motherwell have a lot of injuries, but that's when the opportunity comes for these young guys. If you're doing well, then you'll yeah. get in the first team squad and you know go and make your your debut at Ibrox. Richard Foster, Andy Walker, Paul Cooney on the Go Radio Football Show. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go. Go, 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 go. Go Radio Football Show. Paul Cooney with Richard Foster and Andy Walker counting down to the big game uh, the big games actually on Monday there's derbies aren't there all over the place the Edinburgh derby it'll never compare with the Glasgow but Andy you I, played in I yeah. loved it I only had uh, just the one 90 minutes of it but uh, great to score I thought we were going to get hammered we were 2-0 <laughs> down after what 5 minutes Steve, uh, Stevie Fulton had scored a couple he was he was in probably the best football of his career uh, but I was playing up front with Stevie Crawford uh, Pat McGinley we played yeah, of course. Hibs. bumped into him, saw him in Glasgow yep. in Buchanan Street last See week Pat yep. now and again um, anyway we managed yeah. to get a 2-2 draw all good 2-2 draw you were of course a, a high bay for you old firm derbies then Richard you had a couple as well what's it like going in to your first one or choose any of them give us a wee <laughs> bit of the insight just, what um, that must be it's, it's insane like the, the 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 kind of pressure you feel the intensity you feel first 10 minutes of the games are just there's not really a lot of football played it's just kind of running about tackling heading the ball um, it's great they're great games games to play and fantastic uh, were you home or away so your first played, one I played 
both home um, in the game. It was New Year, I think it was, in the second, and we got beat 2-0. I gave the ball away for the, one of the goals in the Celtics' half, I must say, and they played the ball forward and, and Samaras scored. Um, I still got to blame for that. Um, and then <laughs> Nobody also, offering the cover for you. Uh, no, exactly. Yeah. And then also played uh, at Celtic Park in the cup replay. Um, the one that Scott Brown scores the equaliser's left foot and then celebrates in front of Juve. So the replay of, of that course. game that descended into to chaos with you know players sure. getting sent off and and um, Coyston and yeah. Neil Lennon uh, arguing um, or having a friendly word at the tunnel. But yeah, so I've played in I've played in two I played in three actually because we played when we were in the in the championship mm-hmm. um, in the cup semi final and got beat. So I've, um, I'm zero for three in the old firm <laughs> games, but they're fantastic to play in. Yeah. Um, great atmosphere. Um, but yeah, just never managed to get a win. Do you think it's the greatest derby in the world? It's one of the most intense. I think when you, if you look at maybe the, some of the, the South, the uh, South American yeah. ones, the Boca, the Boca Juniors, Juniors yeah. or the Turkish ones, they, they, they those fans know how to to um, get at sure. each other. But yeah, I think so. I it's think the greatest it's, one for us. It's the greatest one for Absolutely. us by far. I don't, I don't think anyone, any other one in in Scotland comes close. None of the ones in England come anywhere near it. Um, I think it's yeah, it's a fantastic derby. Sure is. I, I don't think anything in England compares with it. I agree with Richard. Uh, Andy? Bolton against Bury. Aye, yeah. And Bury are even out of the league now. Uh, but that was, that was I'll fade you down if you want to tell us about Bolton against Bury. Andy Walker. Uh, <laughs> no, it's no. just it is magnificent to play in. And obviously I'm Glasgow, born and bred. Sure. And Celtic yeah. are my team. So what was it like, your first big derby uh, the then? first one yeah. pretty much passed me by. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've seen highlights of it and it doesn't look as though I, I looked out of place but uh, I remember it so fondly for Billy Stark scoring the winner and then I remember it for you, you talk about discipline in this game mm. Graham Souness gets sent off because he lost it and in the next game Terry Butcher gets sent off Frank McAvenny gets sent off Chris Woods was sent off all these hugely experienced international players and they lost it uh, Mark Haitley was sent off in another one mm. All, all these guys with huge experience and that atmosphere can do that to the best of them. So that's why discipline is such a, a big part of the game. And in saying that, one of the things I remember about first one, Paul, I think I've told you before, yeah. uh, Billy McNeil and Graham Souness going at it. Uh, nothing, No fisticuffs, no. but just swapping insults from outside the, the, the dressing rooms. It was fantastic. I mean, ridiculous, of course. Younger listeners don't... Uh, but the fans will love it, don't we? I mean, it... Richard, yeah, they, they, as long as it's confined to you know having verbals with each other, yeah, or whatever, and then it's not forget like you it don't afterwards. speak to the guys yeah, afterwards. You know what I mean? It's, if you don't have that passion for a game of that kind of uh, stature, then you're in the wrong you're in the wrong yeah, job. Sure. You know, if it doesn't mean anything to you, then then what is the point in even turning up? But um, yeah, you don't want it to overspill, and but there's got to be some passion there. F- football in general is a very emotive game, and and the old form is is you know right up there at the top. So um, yeah. Sometimes tensions tensions run high, but that's that's Scottish football. That's what you want to see. Your best ever game, Andy? What would you say? Well, the most memorable. Um, I scored my first uh, goal in the Old Firm game at Ibrox, that two-two game. But we were two-nil up, and and we were a man up, and we thought we'd get a chance here to win three or four. That was the way Billy was speaking at half time. Who scored the other goal? For you? Uh, well, Grant will claim it, but it was a known goal from uh, Terry Butcher. Um, so we were 2-0 up at half time right. a man to the good we were looking good Paul McStay was in top form and McCoist got uh, one back for Rangers and then Richard Goff scored with the last kick of the ball and it's probably the worst that, I've felt in, in a game yeah. where 
you know, you didn't lose it, but uh -huh. my, and you felt bad for for days because you'd let down that whole what is it about seven thousand that day stand? It was in those days, it's which great, was so much better. It's a yep. great shame they don't yep. do it now. No, I know both clubs, but they won't. Awful. They won't, Andy. So there's, you know, yeah, we've gone on about it. We campaigned, got. Zippo support. Nada. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Kathleen was yeah. on, she was listening, she liked that in the end to the Nada. Richard, what was your favourite ever game for any of your clubs? The, is there a game that you think back and think well, that was absolutely, I'd love to replay it? I mean, the, the, the Champions League game against Valencia um, for Rangers at Ibrox was pretty special. Um, I'd kind of came on loan from Aberdeen, which doesn't typically happen. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I know the two clubs, but yeah, yeah, and it's it was just kind of insane the way that came around, and then the, the injuries we had, and you know, kind of the day before Walter walking over to me and just putting his arm around my shoulders, and he just got um, so far as uh, tomorrow, fancy playing, and I'm just like, uh, hi, yeah, okay, that was it, and he walked off, and then you go and play the game and the atmosphere and the Champions wow. League music, that was that was pretty special and, and very Can you very hard. Any of the Valencia players, any players? I played, I played against Juan Mata, so he was kind of. Oh, I played yeah. right, kind of right wing back, and he played left midfield, so played direct against nice him. Um, and you know, kind of very clever player, but not quick. So my my only attribute was pace. So it was um, <laughs> it was. I don't think actually that was one of the very few games I played well. So um, yeah, that's probably why I've got a fond memory of it. <laughs> Fantastic, isn't it? Playing yeah. against Valencia, who yeah. they've not been as good recently, but I mean, a few years ago. I probably ago, should have were. scored in that game as well. Should you? Yeah, uh, what happened? Which, Go, tell us there. Day uh, Smith has yeah. the ball, has a shot, deflects back to me. I'm about probably about 13 yards out, but on the angle, my left foot, and I went, go side foot for safety, put it over the bar. Oh, I should have just yeah. smashed it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the rest could have been history. Decisions, isn't decisions. It? Indeed. Do I place it? Do I smash it? It's not, it's not a position I'm, I'm often in, you know, no. in the box yeah. with a, a free shot goal, so... Oh, let yeah. me tell you, a million yep. options go through your mind if you do have like more than a second. What what will I do here? It's, uh, but you, you tend to find the, the right one. Let's hear from both managers then after both wins last night. Ange Postacoglu took his team to Edinburgh up against Hibs, who had a win just a few days before. He was obviously delighted with the performance and the 4-0 result. Yeah, no, brilliant. Um, credit to the lads. Yeah, we knew that... Um, Hibs would have something about them today, and especially at the start, they'd, they'd come at us, and to, to their credit, they did. And you know, their crowd was up for it. So, you know, just just brilliant to see that, you know, in those circumstances, we just uh, stay strong and play our football. And um, as I said before, it's not an easy place to come to, irrespective of the opposition's sort of form. But they were in good form, and uh, for us to win so convincingly is, uh, as I said, credit to the boys. Andy, you were there covering it. Have they snapped into action the way? that the manager demanded, as Richard said. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he said, no, you know, we're not doing enough up front. Yeah, you might have expected some players to be a bit rusty, a long layoff that's a bit unusual. Uh, a Winter World Cup, uh, while we all enjoyed watching games, uh, it's hard to come back and get the training right, be as fit and as strong and as as sharp and uh, immediately. But... Celtic have really come back and, and been on top form. I thought it was a top-class performance last night at a ground where they, in the last five years, they found it really difficult to, to get a win. So I think the manner of the victory, uh, the quality of the goals, the quality of their play, I think that's why it gives them a great deal of confidence going into Monday at Ibrox. I'll ask the same of Rangers. Do you see any weaknesses in Celtic then at the moment? If you were Michael Beale, I'd ask both of you, 
Well, where are the weaknesses? When I saw Celtic at St Mirren, uh, admittedly Carter Vickers wasn't playing, but it was Jens, it was Welsh, and they were physically battered by Ayunga and Main. But it's different when you've got Carter Vickers and Starfelt. They're very happy to have a physical challenge, physical contest. But uh, can Tavernier get the better of, of uh, Maida? Can Barisic get the better of Jota? Those wide areas, I think, were both teams. I know that um, I know that Michael Beal wants a wee bit more out of his uh, fullbacks, maybe more so than Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. So that that area of the pitch will be, uh, you know, really a good one to watch. Richard Foster, if you were trying to mastermind a win for Rangers, what would you pinpoint? I think the the way they play their their fullbacks, Celtic. You know, they come in in that kind of false midfield position. Um, it allows the midfielders to play higher. It leaves them, you know, t- they've typically got two men at the back against one striker because most teams only play one up. But it's whether can, can Rangers kind of manipulate maybe Kent or a Tillman or, or a Sakala with his pace to kind of almost half cheat and not, you know, kind of leave Greg Taylor to, to drift into that area and maybe that's an option to to hurt them in those those kind of fullback channels because I think that's probably where they are. It's not, I mean, it's not a weakness it seems strange to say a weakness but if you were to get at them if you get down the sides of them with pace it causes them problems typically if you if you play you know depending on the, on the back line it's probably going to be Carter Vickers and Starfield as you say who both are quick Carter Vickers is, is, is exceptional I think I think he was, he's been a fantastic signing for Celtic but I think it you know players like Kent and Sakala when they get up and running if they've got space to drive into so if they can find those little pockets of space kind of behind Taylor and Juranovic if he plays and can get driving at the back line. It's it's very difficult to defend against. But I think it's it's about quality on the ball for me. Rangers are going to have to have quality on the ball, have control on the game, um, to hurt Celtic in the areas where, you know, I'm sure Michael Beale has identified certain areas that I would imagine they're probably different to me because because what do I know? But um, I think it's it's all about who's going to dominate the midfield, and. At the moment, you know, Celtic's midfield are playing exceptionally well, so that's going to be a big task for Rangers to try and stifle that that midfielder Celtic. Nine points in it, twenty goals between them, to Celtic to the better. Michael Beale, three 0 win last night. That's the scoreline that I'm sure he would have settled for. But here's what he said about the performance. The best part was the clean sheet and and the three points. I didn't enjoy the game all the way through. It was uh, quite a broken up game at times. I thought Motherwell first half played well. They got a number of corners and set plays, and they looked dangerous. It looked like we were almost waiting for him to score to get a jolt in the game ourselves. Borna Barisic back in the team tonight, fantastic cross. I thought he played very well, actually, and it was a good first goal and sort of calmed our nerves. But we need to show more rhythm in our performance than we did this evening, I think. Yeah, he's uh, very honest there. He's saying he's looking for improvement. Yeah, definitely. I want us to play with more rhythm and play consistently with less mistakes. There was a lot of individual errors in the game, and and, uh, we need to eradicate that because at times if we turn the ball over... uh, unopposed if you like we're going to leave ourselves quite vulnerable to counter-attacks and that was the case of the game tonight we showed some good bits but maybe not enough at the most positive thing is the three points we move to the next game so where are the weaknesses uh, the same question that I asked Andy Richard you first of all what? for for Rangers up against Celtic I think it's it's in the in, as Michael Beale said it's in the turnovers you know with all respect to Motherwell I think Shields has a decent chance of a loose pass from Lundstrom and he, and he probably should go by McGregor and, and put it into an empty net um, and McGregor just does enough but if you turn the ball over against Celtic they will punish you with all respect to Motherwell Celtic have got far more firepower as we know they are confident enough that they won't you know they will allow Jota Abada Maeda whoever it is 
more freedom to, to stay up the pitch and say, you know what, we're going to keep three guys up the pitch. You I mean what are you going to do? Are you going to are you going to stay four v three to to be defensively sound, or are you going to go three for three? I think if they go three for three, I think Celtic win win the game. I think they. Although more has been asked of the Rangers back four, and Michael Beale has said they're going to go hell for leather. You know, if there's one team that you need to be wary of going hell for leather against Celtic, because I think if if you look at if you it's how do you, how do you beat Celtic? I think you need to nullify their attack, and then hit them hit them on the counter attack. I don't think Rangers can outscore Celtic. I think Celtic have got too much firepower, so they can't then go. To, I don't believe they can go toe to toe because I think Celtic will come out on and, top. and they're at home, so there's an obligation to go and win the game, go and attack, get your best men in forward positions, and you know Celtic have got pace. They can they quite happily uh, defend and hit, hit teams on the break. It's a fascinating contest. It always is that first goal. Goodness, uh, whoever that goes to, it gives them a huge advantage. If you look at the game last night, we were talking about Hibs starting the game really well. With all respect to Hibs, Rangers have got better players than Hibs. So if they start the game in that same vein and get the first goal with a crowd at Ibrox, you know, you've seen it and it, it happens. It happened in the World Cup final. Good teams crumble a little bit or rock a little bit when they can see the goal um, in, in that environment. And if Rangers can start the game really well and go after Celtic, as Michael Beale suggests that they're probably going to. I think it's. I think Rangers probably need to score the first goal. I know that seems obvious, but yeah. I think if they if they score the first goal and get the crowd up on their side, I think they can they can they can get a positive result in the game. Let's see what the manager Michael Beale says about the striker. They've only got one fully fit at the moment, and last night he went off. It's Morelos. Knowing Alfredo, very likely he's uh, he says it's a bit of tightness. He has been playing with one or two aches and pains, but he's the only number nine we've got currently fit in terms of the, the last few games, so he's had to play through it. He hasn't played a lot of the season, so he's, he's, been, he's been physically very demanding for him. But Antonio and Kamara are back in training. We chose not to use them tonight. We felt a few more days in their legs in terms of training would help them. So they are both available for the next game. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! evening Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi will be in this very studio tonight we've got Andy Walker and Richard Foster we haven't seen you for a wee while here I know you're here there and everywhere you've been in America you're back in Scotland we see you on the telly uh, so much he's been out with Vinny uh, indeed with Vinny of course young Vincent (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah how old is the pup he's nine weeks old he was nine weeks on Christmas Eve fantastic yeah great he's got loads of energy yeah which is challenging but good fun Andy, Christmas was great. Stephanie home and all that. Christmas from New was York great. And, I had yeah. my daughter home yeah. and just it was good to hang out with her and have a coffee, have a couple of drinks and just uh, be with her. That was great. She was just uh, avoiding that Arctic bomb or whatever they called it. Of course, yes. Well, she's been involved in a couple of them in the 10 years she's been in the States. It's, uh, do you know the thing? They deal with it. Yeah. yeah sure. And they prepare for it. Oh, we, we, we seem to be caught every year oh my god there's snow we love an amber warning is yeah. it oh, we've never had snow before I know yeah okay thank you for the weather channel here on the Go Radio Football <laughs> Show people are tuning in in big numbers and making the switch um, <laughs> let's not go on any more mazy runs because we've only got 10-12 minutes left and we're looking forward to the game we're hearing more from both managers just before the break we heard uh, Michael Beale speaking about Alfredo Morelos sounds as though he'll be fit I heard him saying there that Cholak should be fit um, probably on the bench and also Kmar Roof it's been one of the problems for Rangers isn't it so many injuries uh, Cholak do you like the I know he's been out for the last well since before the World Cup Richard what do you make of the 
creation yeah, striker. I think he's a, he's a very good number nine. Yeah. You know, he doesn't get involved a lot in the build up, but he's always he makes good runs in the box. He's a good finisher. He's composed when he gets in there. Um, he's completely different from Morelos. He relies probably more on service than Morelos does. He could, Morelos will go and maybe create something himself. But I think he's a very good number nine. He's a very good goal scorer. And, you know, the, undoubtedly the, they've missed him. You know, they've missed that competition for places. You know, a, a lot of Rangers fans were, were wanting to see Morelos and Cholak and how that would work. And, you know, that's that's always an option if, if he's if he's back fit enough to be in the squad at some point in the game. But I think when you've got a player who's scoring so so many goals and, and, and he gets injured, you're always going to miss him. But I think he's been a good signing for Rangers so far. What do you think of uh, Morelos? We, we've asked you so many times, Andy, about him. Could this be his day on Monday when he comes in? Because the manager's been saying he's not pleased with the performance. He wants more from the players. If he gets a service, I, I've no doubt he'll, he'll, he's got the ability to score. Um, I, I think he's up against a really good centre-back partnership. Carter Vickers and Starfield are, are strong in the air. They're, they're strong defensively. You know, the last couple of games against uh, Rangers, they've They've looked really good, uh, but Rangers have to find something the way they did in the Scottish Cup semi-final at Hamden, where who was it? It was Scott Arfield that uh, got the goal, and uh, you know the Rangers looked fit, they looked strong, uh, they were full of energy. Then that's been a slight criticism of Rangers this season, maybe not as energetic and not as fit, and but I, I don't really buy into that. I think it was just the uh, it was the quality of play on view that got Giovanni Van Bronckhurst in the end. Rangers season ticket holders weren't liking the the quality of football. And that's what Michael Beale uh, has got to to try and change. He talks about performances a lot, but you don't need a performance against Celtic. You just need the points. We were asking earlier, we asked Richard to, to pinpoint the weaknesses in the Rangers team. So if you were Ange, what would you be looking to exploit for this game on Monday? You can get at this Rangers defence, for sure. Um Gold, Goldson has been out injured uh, a fair deal Davis he's not really been tested with the quality that Celtic have and how much are you going to see uh, Tavernier and Barisic uh, bombing forward when they're up against the likes of Maida Jota maybe Forrest or Abada uh, Celtic are strong in wide areas quite happy to sit back for a while and uh, invite you on to them and then you know try and hit you on the break Celtic have got good pace in their team so um, I have no doubt that Celtic will go to Ibrox and score. Celtic were, were vulnerable last year, weren't they, at set pieces? Or maybe two years ago? Yeah. Would that be in Goldson got a goal last night from a set piece? Is that what Rangers would be looking for early on? They're not going to go gung-ho against Celtic, are they? I know the manager said they would. Richard, do you think they are? He didn't say gung-ho, but he wants to have a real go against Celtic. Hell for Celtic. leather, he said. Yeah, yeah. Hell for leather. Yeah, yeah. I think, you, you know, you're at home. You're playing your yeah. biggest rival. You've... You can't you can't sit back and, and allow Celtic to take charge of the game. You've got to go after it. You've got to do it in the right manner. It's got to be constructive. It's got to be from a solid base. Um, how he how he shapes it. Is he going to want the the fullbacks to go as high as they normally go? You know, I I I doubt it. But you know, if if they are going to get forward, then they need to control it. They need to keep the ball because those turnovers will crucify them against Celtic. But you're at home against your biggest rivals. You're nine points behind them. There is an onus on Rangers to go out and win this game. Um, Celtic will, will do what they always do and try and win the game because that's the way Ange Postecoglou sets them up. But, you know, Rangers need to go out and, and you know, like we spoke about performance. Yes, they need a good performance. Everyone would love a good performance, but they need to win the game. So if that comes from a great performance and the win 2-0 and, the, you know, the, the play Celtic off the park, 
fantastic. If they are horrible to watch and nick a goal in 1-1-0 or 2-1, then I don't think any Rangers fans will care. At this moment, moving forward, yes, performances will need to increase, but at this moment, I think the three points is the most important. And I don't think Celtic will be phased if they go a goal behind. They did it the last time at Ibrox, went a goal behind. It was Aaron Ramsey, I think, that scored. And Celtic went on to win, 2-1. Rogish got a goal. Carter Vickers went up and pounced on a, a loose ball so that was good strength of character and that was really when you thought right the title's pretty much uh, done here that was one Rangers had to win if it goes to 12 th there is no chance Rangers overhauling a, a, a 12 probably a 13 point lead given the, the, goals, the strength 20. of their goal yeah so it would have to be more than 20 uh, if Celtic were to win Richard I'm going to ask you your verdict and Andy as well your prediction in a moment or two let's hear one more time from both managers Ange Postacoglu his options for this game on Monday kick off time Andy 12.30 yeah? yes I know you're on from 11.30 we're on from 12 no no the headache is if you've got no options um, you know in, in, in sort of management and it never works out that way you always think there's there's so many options but you know, as I said before today we had you know obviously Haxabanovic <coughs> Jota Tony Ralston um, Dave Turnbull all out for different reasons and you know you still have to juggle things so yeah it'll be pleasing him Alistair Johnson is available Kobayashi's available which is great Jura's back in the building so yeah um yeah, we're looking good. Let's hear from Michael Beale then and his options for the game with Celtic Monday. Every time we play this game and this opponent, we have to. For our fans, it's everything we stand for. So that never changes. No matter where we are in the league, no matter what's going on, those games are a must-win because they're a derby. And uh, so nothing changes in terms of that. I'm looking forward to it. We'll certainly have to perform better than we did this evening. And he talked about Ryan Kent, such a pivotal player for them. He's talking about his performance last night. Well, listen, in the last two games, I think he's been excellent. Tonight, in terms of his work ethic, was very good. There'll be moments in the game, like the team, which were very good. And there were some other moments that, that Ryan himself would like to do better. And I personally thought... Borna Barisic was probably the man of the match tonight, coming back in after being away for five weeks. But listen, I didn't choose it, did I? And, and Ryan, Ryan's a very, very important player for Rangers. I think there's a there's a lot of clamour about him, but make no bones, he's a very, very important player for us. And Andy, who was your man of the match last night? Was it Aaron Moy? Aaron Moy. Moy and uh, Maida were top two performers. Here's Ange Postacoglu speaking about Moy. Yeah, no, he was he was great, and to be fair, he's been knocking on the door, score a goal. I know he's been uh, he's been pretty desperate. He's been a bit unlucky, and um, he's been getting into those areas. And uh, I think for us, I said before, I think the World Cup was a really positive experience for all our lads there, and you can see the benefits of that. Now with you know, I think Aaron's come back really strong, and Dyson obviously had all our players, uh, Cam as well. Um, I think that helps them with their belief and. Uh, I think both um, you know, As and, and, and Dyson today were outstanding. And his final word on Dyson? Known him for a little while now. I, I sort of had him in Japan, and uh, he's such a strong, got a strong mindset. And it's not just in his football, but it's in his effort. You know, some you know he'll close people down and, and won't get any rewards, but it won't stop him closing people down. You know, and that filters through to his football as well. So, which manager is going to be giving his jersey? Or I don't know if Michael Beale's got a, you know a trademark. Walter, of course, had the. The waistcoat. I wonder what it, Michael Beale will be. I know he wears the scarf. Who's going to win? What do you think, Richard Foster? I am going to sit completely on the fence and say 2 2. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. Both teams going for it, and I think it's going to be finished 2 2. Crocs will love that. A bit of drama, four goals. Yeah, well, be great television, wouldn't mm -hmm. it? It's a spectator yeah. sport, isn't it? That's what you want to see. And of course, for your old team, that's not enough, though, is it? <sighs> it's just don't get beat. You know, I yeah. think, yes, this is a chance to claw back some of the points, but I just don't think you can lose the game. Now, I don't I don't think Rangers would be happy with a draw. Um, I just think it's it would be a tad 
disrespectful to Celtic in the form they're in to, to say that Rangers are going to are going to win the game. I just think you need to you need to be mindful of how good Celtic have been and how good they've been recently. Um, and I think I think the game will end in a draw. Andy, what do you reckon? I think Celtic will win, and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they win by a couple of goals. I think they've got so many options from middle to front. I think they're so strong uh, defensively. I think they've got too much for Rangers at the moment, so we'll, we'll see what happens on Monday, but I just think they're really strong and just the options they have, the ability to change the game, chase the game, cement the game, improve your your lead from the bench. I, I think there's there's strength in every department for Celtic and that's why you know, I think every Celtic supporter will go into that game on Monday thinking we expect to win this. What scoreline do you think? Could it be high scoring? 2-0. 2-0 you reckon yeah um, I wonder if we could get a 4-3 a 5-4 it's been a while since we've had I remember covering a 3-3 yeah. remember at um, Parkhead yeah. where it was Ronald De Boer was playing Arteta was playing Arteta yeah. scored wow um, Barry played in that one I think, I think he did yeah. That, yeah high scoring and week. of course you remember the 6-2 and then the next game was 5-1 of course weeks later the interesting yeah. thing for me yeah. will be if there are big VAR calls you know, oh. This is this is when the the will blow off. So who have we got? Is it uh, John Beaton? Is the referee, isn't it? And it's Willie Collum on the VAR. Right, yeah. Okay. So two of our top referees. Top referees the fans will never be happy, will they? Let's no. hope it's not a VAR day where it'll be. Um, oh, you're sort of smiling. You think it might end up? I just I think in these games there's there's so much going on that you know the referees can't possibly see everything, and I just think that there'll be decisions that that, that are made by VAR that will upset one half of, of Glasgow. Do you, you know think it's taken I, away the confidence of referees I, now? Sorry, because of well, the Well, I, I just think with VAR, I mean, I don't mind controversy at all. I no. mean, football's always had it. But the, the incident we were talking about at Livingston the other night, there's no need for VAR to get involved in that. So why does it? Well, because they're, they're trying to justify it's, it. It's they're still subjective. To... So the, the, the guy in the VAR still looks at that and goes, that could possibly be a red, have a look at it again. So you're still going to get those inconsistencies and, and differences of opinion because it's you know the things like is he in the box you know does it touch his hand um, is it over the line they're, they're facts you can yes or no but you know is is that too strong a tackle for just a yellow is it is it yeah, there was a, for no cut you know so you, that's subjective still we, we went to the backup meeting with VAR and they were saying the you know the um, percentage of right calls has gone up to 98% I, I totally disagree because so many of them are subjective. They're neither right nor wrong. It's it, it, it's an opinion. And I think we'll get a strong opinion on the games, but I hope we don't get a ridiculous no. use of VAR. That's, yeah. that's all you're asked for. If it's a fact, great. Who will we be talking about on Tuesday, do you think, Richard, for Rangers then? If you think a draw, which would be... What scoreline did you say? I said 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, two. yeah. I think we'll be talking about McGregor making saves... And 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 um, keeping Rangers in the game, and I think we'll talk about Tillman scoring a goal. Tillman, he is on form, isn't he? Finally, would you sign Tillman if you could? Then he's on loan, of course. Would you have him if he continues to go the way yeah. he's going? Then yeah. Andy, who's going to be writing the headlines? Then you think two 0 Celtic? I think he'll go. Uh, I think uh, it could be a, geez, one of a number of. Maida is in terrific form. Jota has got the experience in this game. Callum McGregor, we all know how he can control a match and play a pass. Uh, again, I saw one of the best passes of the season from Greg Taylor last night when he 
played that bit of disguise inside the Maida and it eventually led to the, the penalty. Um, there's a whole host of Celtic players who could grab the headlines and again, that's just why I, I see them as strong favourites. And in the last 60 seconds, Richard, could you sleep the night before the game, before huge games? Yeah, you, yep. could, you, could, you know, once you've done your preparation and stuff, you, you, the excitement builds and but you, you kind of know that you need to sleep, you know, you yeah. know it's going to expend a lot of energy the next day. So, yeah, sleeping before games was never a big problem. Andy, how did you keep calm before the game? We were, I was down at Seamill today actually for a walk ah, yeah. and uh, just reliving some... Nostalgic. Uh, yeah. yeah, just went for a walk. It was with a bit of sunshine down there. Sorry, going back onto the weather. Yeah. Uh, but Seamill <laughs> was always a great place for us to, to go and uh, prepare for games. So, um, yeah, sleeping was never a problem. Andy, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. We'll see you soon. Richard, great to have you back on. Thanks yeah. for coming in tonight. Richard Foster, Andy Walker, and I'll be here tomorrow night with Barry Ferguson and Mark Weedy. Coming up next, it's Joe Kilday. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.